Recorded in the comfy confines of the Auto Media Group Studios, we bring you the Get Deep Podcast, part of the Connect Podcast Network. Join friends and business owners Aaron Jones and Wes Otto as they bring forth stories of guests who are movers and shakers in their industries and beyond. He's got two kids, and he's the only man that I know that has two wieners. It's true. Two wieners? Yes. Dogs. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Aaron got that loud faster than I, I was hoping he would. I, I know. I was like, should I go with dogs? <laughs> I was really Show hoping, me. Prove it. I was hoping we were going to go down a rabbit hole with that one, but Aaron <clears throat> is just too sharp. Too sharp today, I guess. I was going to say I am extremely jealous, Casey. You have two wieners and I have one ball. So I was going to uh. say show <laughs> off, lucky guy. Yeah. Oh, my, mine is, you know, about genitalia years. It's actually pups. But <laughs> how old are the wiener dogs and what are their names? Uh, we got Peanut. She is the oldest. She is 13 now. And Frank, who is two. Peanut it's and Frank. An old wiener. An old wiener <clears throat> and a young yeah. one. <laughs> it's good to balance it out. It is. Well, that's an old wiener. That's right? Brittany there. likes it, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> 13. Uh, that's the way we want to start the show, folks. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so we're keeping that in. And thank you for coming on the show tonight, Casey. You bet. Uh, Casey's a buddy of mine. He is a very talented, award-winning graphic designer, no pressure, mm. and also a caricature artist and uh, kind of the lead designer up here at OMG. Not yeah. kind of, you are. So, yeah, it's it's been fun getting to know you. and right. Tonight, we're probably going to uncover some more truths, because I don't think I've ever seen you buzzed, and that's the goal on yeah, my end. Yeah, yeah, What? Okay. Oh, no, my gosh. I'm, I'm pretty lightweight, so I, I kind of tread yeah. lightly in that area. A cheap date, as they say. <laughs> I am a very cheap date. That's yeah, great. Pretty simple. Yeah. Pencil and paper, and I'm happy. So. Speaking <laughs> of pencil and paper, you're going to do a caricature of Aaron and I. I am. Live. Are you going to do, and don't tell me, I don't want to know anything <laughs> about what you're actually going to do, but I'm just going to give you some <laughs> ideas. Are you going to actually just put us normally next to each other? Are you going to have us doing something silly? Are you? I, I mean, mean, keep don't in mind tell our him. nature. Don't no. tell them. I will only do what I think is best suited for you. <laughs> I'm thinking you should go with what you think we look like without our shirt on. Ooh. You know, so kind of a clothing optional Ooh. thing. I didn't know, yeah. you know, if we were supposed to wear clothes <clears throat> for this one or not. That might, you know, add like an extra 10 minutes here. I don't so. <laughs> There's a lot of material to cover yeah. up here. <laughs> it's like double the time he told us it was going to take. Uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. funny. Yep. It's probably my areolas. They're quite uh, complex and defined. I wasn't going to mention them, but now that you brought them up, they are quite yeah. large. You've seen a Polish sausage, right? Mm-hmm. If you slice one, that's they're complex because they're large. Mm-hmm. That's... It's boring. It's part of my life. <laughs> because they're large. <laughs> Folks, I swear we just started drinking. <laughs> just started drinking, so this isn't even... Can't tell. <laughs> right? I do got to ask, though, on the note I said about clothing optional. It was on my, it was on my list for potentially later uh, down the road, but have you ever done anybody or a couple very limited clothing or naked before? Characters. Have you ever painted... Anyone like a French girl? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely have had that question passed several times. Like requested? Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I haven't. I have done some weird, goofy, 
weird goofy pictures sure a few weddings you were telling me about a wedding story one yeah time. there's a few um uh, yeah we don't need to get in that one but <laughs> oh i, I mean <laughs> i think i think we do this is the get deep podcast yeah. casey yeah that's true we'll yeah. wait we'll wait and ask you in 20 okay get some whiskey yeah <laughs> gin it, it just yeah it was awkward but it was funny <laughs> maybe maybe down the line that might be another business opportunity right yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what the mankato market needs i mean i mean i don't it, know it, Let's start a niche website that's just about nude caricatures. I think that'd be that that makes a lot of sense. I'm not kidding. I think in today's you know, with in today's age with um what the heck is the OnlyFans and TikTok and all these things, I mean You're you're not wrong. It people probably, would probably do it. People it com- would probably do it. Comes do down wrong. to your comfort level. Yep. <laughs> is your wife cool with it? <laughs> like, you know, probably a few other things, but it could be a good side business. Right. I yeah. Like it. No, this is exactly how I was hoping we were going to intro this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad we went right there, right away. We didn't wait for the yeah, end. I'm so immature, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I get you'd be surprised what people request. Um, I've I've done everything from a guy as Mr. Krabs from like SpongeBob to trailer park trash, like make me as terrible looking as you can <laughs> to zombies to you name it so i'm making a note because now i've got an idea for father's day what i'd like you to do with my dad <laughs> uh, i've got an idea that's awesome do a commission because that's one of the things you should talk about you do not just events which is what we've mostly talked about but people actually hire you to do commissions they'll send you photos or, or some sort of reference i'm assuming and then yep. ask you to do custom commissions right oh yeah yeah that's actually really common especially with the way things were in 2020 a lot of people are doing them that way because people yearly would come back they'd want to get drawings you know for their family and then the events were gone um so that part of the market picked up a little bit and now yeah i get a lot of commissions online uh, a lot of requests for this here that there um dogs pets people love their pets so oh, yeah. i mean that's a huge huge area that people are like there's some guys that literally just draw dogs yeah and mm. they are booked <laughs> like yeah. solid do you enjoy doing pets or oh pe- yeah pe- people's you, know. you, you were on care 11 doing dogs i was you? yes there was an event in the cities um raising money a little pet fair and uh i was on the morning show with yeah. belinda jensen and did a character of their dogs she has sweet dogs um that morning and then that day i was at the park in uptown drawing dogs all day long so it was a lot of fun casey's pretty much a celebrity yeah. I love it. I love it. Yes. Well, you have won international awards, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't I'm, be shy. Don't be shy. I'm gonna pump you up over here, man. We yeah, work together. I got that's it. true. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm not one to brag, but brag too much. But um, yeah, I, I, I I'm part of an organization, uh, International Society of Character Artists. A lot of a lot of the artists are, and uh, it is a really great community. If you're looking to get into character art, every year we have a convention. And it moves around the states, and uh, we everybody comes together from around the world, and we compete in different categories: black and white, um, color, technique, you know, exaggerated technique, all these different areas. And um, yeah, we we it's, it's it's honestly a big you know get family get together. Like everybody just has a great time. And when you're when you're drawing in, in you know in public, you're you want to do a character, but you don't want to push it too far that you're like people are like oh. I don't want that, you know. Um, but when you're doing that carriage convention of a bunch of character artists, they're like, mess me up. I want to see what you can do at another level, you know. And there's some artists that are just, you know, amazing that work for Sony and work for 
you know, in these big companies and, and yeah, so we, we compete and I've, I've won a couple of awards in uh, black and white technique. I got, um, number two world in that. Jeez. And then, um, number two in the world for at, black and white. For, for that convention. I'm, you know, okay, but, but that's the, con- that's the national convention. That's right? the convention. In, is it it's international it's convention or national convention? International. So, okay. Yeah. So you from took people second, around the world. So yeah. that's second in the world. Yep. And then that's I also got awesome. third for, uh, likeness. Like the likeness, there's a competition just for likeness where we draw speed like we would in a normal event. And then you know, we lay them all out and people can walk by and judge and say, hey, this is the best likeness of the person. And so I got third place in that one time too. So Wow. And that's kind of, to me, that honestly was the most valuable one because that means that I am what I'm drawing looks like the people I'm drawing. And yeah. that's part of the hardest part is getting the likeness. Yeah. Um, once you have that, you know, people are going to enjoy what they're getting. So, yeah. How do you, you know, I'm not artistic at all. Um, the only thing I could kind of get when I was younger was maybe a landscape, you know. Yeah. Uh, liked drying trees and big houses and helicopters landing on the big house roof, you know, and right. shit like that. But <laughs> people have always been tough to get um, the... You know, where does the nose go? Where does the eyes go? What I'm trying, spatial awareness on bodies right. and faces and all that. People are, are tough. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. When did you realize that you were, you know, good at drawing people? Or maybe just a better question would be, when did you realize you were good at art? Good at art? Um, a good arter. Well, it started when I was, you know, I could hold a pencil, literally. Um, I was coloring and drawing on everything all the time. My parents probably didn't like everything that I drew on, but <laughs> I definitely did it. And, uh, and I, you know, in school, that's, I just gravitated towards it. It was something I always did. I was always doodling, you know, um, I did my homework, but it had little care cartoons on the side. So, um, it, it was always part of my life. And I guess I just, I knew that that's where I was headed. <laughs> I wasn't ever like thinking, Oh, I'm going to maybe do this or do that. Like art in general was the goal. Um, I definitely started really in, uh, probably like sixth grade. Um, there was an art fair or a career fair, I should say. And, uh, that's when I got into the, the graphic design side of, of, of what I do now. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of a funny story cause, um, the first place I worked, which was, uh, Lime Valley Advertising, the, the boss there, Brian Machi, he was the presenter at my sixth grade presentation mm. of a logo design that got me hooked on oh i like that like i want to do that um so it really came full circle literally like that stuck in my head the house that he'd bought which is down on um south riverfront and then um his presentation and stuff so it's amazing how like that doesn't always happen so right <laughs> sixth grade yeah sixth grade I, I remember every little bit of that presentation so it was pretty cool do you remember what you wanted to be in sixth grade? All I remember is really getting into girls in sixth grade. Uh, <laughs> I was at Garfield, which I don't even think they use the school anymore. Um, I don't think. But anyways, I was at Garfield and just remember looking at Patty Miller across the way. <laughs> and feel, it was like my first real crush. So no, to answer your question, I, I wasn't, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to be. All I knew is I, maybe I wanted to be a player. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like the girls. So. I like that the girl that you had a crush on was named Patty Miller because that could totally be like a 60s or 70s name. Yeah. <laughs> like it just Patricia. Like I mean, it was Patricia, but totally. you know, Patty. You know, hey, Patty, if you're listening and watching wherever you are right. over there. Hey. That's funny. I got the right camera, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny. I remember wanting to be a lawyer and I didn't actually end up going that route. Um, Obviously, <laughs> but you know, it's just funny Still could, how many people actually pick out what they want to do and then execute on it by sixth grade. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and, you know, I get into college and stuff, you know, it, you know, I still, I had ideas cause you know, you're in college, you're like, Oh, look at all these things they can choose from. But I still, the second I looked at one other thing, I'm like, nah, no, nah, it's not for me. Like yeah. this is it. So I knew it, I knew it right away. Oh, that's very neat. Yeah. So, um, where did you go to college? Uh, I went here at in Mankato to MSU, and uh, combination of things got me there. One wasn't my grades; um, <laughs> it was my athletic ability. Uh, I got in track on the track program there. I didn't necessarily get big into the team or anything. It wasn't; it didn't pan out as I planned. It's college sure. sports, but um, you know, I did run a few meets, and then um, you know they did a great art program. And uh, the design teacher there, Harlan Bloomer, and uh, Matt Williamson, a few others. Matt's still there. I think he's actually the head of the department now. Um, you know, they were really great teachers. And the, the, that that era of when I was there, the program really, like, filled out. Like, I mean, we did a lot of stuff. We even had a, uh, a our own, like, event. Um, it's called By Design. And... We had all these other schools come and got speakers and everything, um, and that was like kind of our junior senior class that did that event at MSU, and that's actually where I met my wife, actually. So, well, but let's talk about her. Can't skip that. So <laughs> what's her name? Uh, my wife's Brittany uh, Christensen. She is originally from the Saint Cloud area, so she was at the Saint Cloud State University in graphic design, and I bought her um, my pen. In the drawing class, and uh, we just kept talking, and it just it's history from there. Did she ever give the pen back? Uh, I think so. I guess you know. I don't she know. said, "Come and get it." Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you want it? <laughs> <laughs> so, how did that work? If she was up in uh, St. Cloud, did you just do a long distance for a little bit? Or yeah, start out like that. I mean, we just start out friends, you know, and didn't really um, get into it too soon there we just were friends hanging out and then her and uh, another friend that was at the convention as well came back down to Mankato to, to party and hang out and uh, we went out and that's when things kind of started to like oh you know, I kind of like you or something so sure <laughs> let me draw you <laughs> yeah, right. so he said he's never drawn anybody naked but nope. we know there was one ah right love you Brittany <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope what did you run in track Casey uh, I was a hundred and two hundred runner. Okay, so you were speedy. Four hundred two one two four. Fast guy. Trying. What was your Long fastest four hundred time, if I can ask you? Uh, Forty nine nine. Damn, that's cooking. Yep, that's really fast. Yeah. I was a distance runner, guys, but I don't think I ever eclipsed fifty four. Uh, fifty four, fifty five. That's pretty speedy. Forty nine is really good. You had to have been. So, where did you go to high school? Uh, United South Central. Okay, yeah, so Wells. Yep. you had to have been one of the fastest kids in the state as or section for sure, but I mean state yep. as went well, to, right? I went to state in four events my junior year. Okay. All the sprints and triple jump. And then my senior year, I just won the 200 and 400. And my junior year, I got fourth in state. Yeah. 22 flat, 200. Damn. 
Nice. So. That's fast. It's cruising. <clears throat> that was fun. Any <laughs> other sports that you played or was it mainly track? Um, I did basketball for a while. Uh, I do enjoy that a lot. Um, but How tall were you? Six, three on a good day. <laughs> she didn't grow much into college then you were pretty much where you were i was yep i was where i was gonna be uh, in high school and then uh i actually played after i didn't finish out in track in college i ran a few meets and then i just kind of got out of the whole running thing um i played a lot of basketball um uh, pick up ball i participated in a dunk contest one year for the march madness they did or whatever and I could do that so i could jump a little bit too and it was a lot of fun. I got second in that. It was a lot of fun. So nice. never expected to get second. So, <laughs> What was the dunk that you, I mean, you had multiple dunks, I'm sure. But yeah. like, what was your favorite dunk to do? Uh, usually they alley to myself. It's the microphone. So, um, yeah. So they, uh, I'd throw it like away. I'd be at half court, mid three point line, mm-hmm. toss it way up high, let it bounce once, catch it. And I did one where I caught it. Touch my hip with the ball, and then I put it through two hands. Boom! Nice. Yeah. So, those are my those are my hoppy years, my jumpy years, my jumpy years. Yeah. Aaron, uh, Aaron doesn't dunk as much as he used to. No, yeah, yeah I took. Uh, I've been shrinking a lot in the last six <laughs> years, uh, so it just hasn't really worked out much. But you give me one of those rebounders or short little trampolines underneath, and. A little bit of boost from my friend Wes, and we can we can make some dunks happen. Oh, yeah. Do you give me some techniques? Sometime? Uh, I mean, sure. Okay. It's all in the plyos, man. <laughs> Fine, all the plyos. Yes, yeah, it is. Yep. It really is. Well, that's cool. So United South Central for high school, yep. and then MSU for college, yep. and met your wife, Brittany, in St. Cloud. Um, did you go to get your bachelor's in, I'm assuming, studio, is it studio arts? Studio uh, arts, or is it, uh, what uh, was the major? It was uh, graphic design. Graf- I'm sorry, So, like, design. I mean, it's Bachelor of Fine Arts, and then they had concentrations. Did you go further beyond that then? Yep, after I that? also did drawing as well. I didn't do okay. any masters, no. Okay. Um, I just did those two. And then I kind of tried to focus on the graphic design, but drawing was always kind of my thing. Sure. You know, it was what got me into art. So I right. kind of held on to that. <laughs> oh. And uh, kept that. Yep. I'll take a little more too. In. Thanks, buddy. And a lot of that comes through in my, my design work too. Um, still is some illustrative tone. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Very cool. I was going to also ask you, anybody else in your family that's artistic? Mom, dad, do you have brothers and sisters? Like I have it? a sister. Okay. Um, she is up in Fargo, and she was artistic in the music sense. And she could draw, too, some. She just never really pursued it. Um, but she, she's a really, really good piano player. And my mom was into piano, too. Um, my dad is a taxidermist, so there's some art there in sculpting and recreating um, to real life. And uh, learned a lot about animals growing up. Um, and uh, I, guess, I guess it goes back an extra generation or two. We found pictures from some of my relatives that were drawings, and they were pretty cool drawings that were like, oh, we didn't even know he did this or she did that um, on both sides of the family. So there's history there. I just, we just didn't know it. Right. <laughs> so immediately, though, I'm the only real artist other than my dad. In, in the taxidermic world, a little different kind of art, but art still, I think. So, yeah. Do you remember the first time you did a caricature? Yeah, actually, um, and I didn't really know it was a caricature at the time. Uh, it was in college, in drawing class. Um, I was, it was 
draw like like we're drawing right now. You drew the person; they were drawing you at the same time. Sure. Um, so, f- person drawing, portrait drawing, I guess you would call it. Um, and I was drawing uh, Carl. I remember his name. Carl was a football player, big old dude. And uh, I didn't, you know, I got in the zone. I didn't know anything else was going on. I was just in it. And uh, you know, the second I all of a sudden like class was about to, like, oh yeah, there's ten minutes left. You know, let's wrap them up or whatever. And uh, the next thing I know, everyone is staying behind me. Like the whole class was staying behind me, watching me draw him. And like he was kind of smirking, and like, before I even knew it, he was kind of smirking and laughing. And I'm like, what? Is, what? Are you, what's so funny? And he's like, look, look behind you. And like the whole class was watching me draw Carl and draw this. It was a portrait, but it was definitely, you know, more characterized and stuff. And that was probably the first caricature I did that I didn't even know I was doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> Do you yeah. still have that? Or did you give it to uh, Carl? I give, I give it to Carl. So Carl has it. Carl's got it, yeah. I mean, it's got to be worth a lot of money. Uh, better get that back from Carl. I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> was Carl a scary guy? If you would have dri- driven or drawn him poorly or, like, made him a little scary looking, would he have been upset with you? No. Carl's a cool dude. I like that. Good. Yeah. Big guy, but definitely nice guy. So when did you realize that you wanted to pursue characters as kind of, um, you know, commercially? Um, like, do you, did you book a first gig and you're like, oh, wow, I can, I can do this? Um, well, it's, I could think my, my former boss again, Brian, <laughs> it was kind of his, his doing. Um, he asked me to draw characters at a, uh, the GMG show, showcase for Lime Valley's booth. And, uh, I, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, I can do that. And I had no idea what to do like at all. Uh, so I definitely was new and I, I just jumped online. I'm like, okay, what, what is this? How do I do it? You know, and, and started researching and he's like, you can let me know what you need for supplies. You know, we'll get it for you. And, and so I looked at whoever I could find. And at the time there wasn't too much of it online. Um, and uh, a couple of people in California had done some videos. And so I watched them and basically just drew my family like 30 times <laughs> trying to get a feel for it. And, using different markers and paper and whatnot just to kind of figure it out. Um, so I'm a little bit self-taught and then, uh, but yeah, it, it went over big, like it was huge. And I was like, Oh wow. Like people love this. And, and, and so I just really got into it being a drawing was my passion, you know, the roots of my art. Um, I got into doing it and I learned about it more and I learned about the community and like all the people that do it around the country. And I was just like, this is awesome. Like, this is fun. I like to do it. I like meeting people. Um, didn't know I turned into a career necessarily. Um, but there was people that were out there doing it for a living. And, uh, so I definitely continued to kind of look into it and dig deeper. And sure enough, you know, there, I was able to, rummage together enough clientele and enough events and enough connections to be like okay i think i could actually make that work and do it so yeah how do you get business for that like how do people book you or find out about you and yeah um right now it's mainly online but word of mouth has become kind of the the main you know once i'm here doing it and drawing at an event one event always almost leads to another um it's just the seeing it happen really captures people's attention and watching it come together. Um, this one isn't as fast because I'm kind of in between talking and 
But usually it's only about five minutes of face, so it's fun to watch someone just you know, like, holy cow, they came out of nowhere kind of thing, you know. Right, yeah. Um, but I do get a lot of work online, too. Like we mentioned, you know, the commissions and stuff that does become more. So my website and then Instagram and all those platforms. Yeah, Hopefully. which we'll make sure to plug at, uh, you know, later in the show, too, so you guys can go ahead and book Casey. Yeah. I got a question about the markers. So, like, this isn't just a normal Sharpie, you know, that somebody goes to the store and buys. It looks fancy. Oh. Uh, it looks a little more fancy to me anyway. But it is a Crayola. Can you, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, when you say Crayola, it really sounds Is it show. actually? Yeah. So, it, okay. is a, it is a Crayola. It is, the only thing that's different is the ink in it. So, these okay. are, like, you can buy, like, a maker marker kit. And it comes with empty ones. And then I buy archival ink so it doesn't, it dries quicker because the, the marker ink that comes in it is just cheap water-based. Um, you can just use regular, most people just use regular Crayola, just black one. Done. So it's, it's you know. One that thing was is, just kind of a trial by error. Or trial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've tried. Trial um, and error, trial I should and say. Error, yeah. Yep. Well, Jonesy, that's what happens when you're an international award-winning caricature artist. You you work with your ink. You you do. I didn't know if that was a tip from some some other <laughs> artist that you met, or oh, if yeah. you just kind of. Oh, definitely. You know. it, it was definitely. Uh, an, I think um, <laughs> a buddy of mine in the cities. Yeah, he he sh- introduced me to the ink that would work best. Okay. And, and stuff. So it does it, it smell it, good. <laughs> yes, yes exactly what I wanted to do. <laughs> it's not bad. We're, we're, all, we're all huffing Sharpies on the show now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get really silly now. Mm. Oh, my God. It's going to be really good. Um, <laughs> no, it doesn't smell like anything. Uh, well, you, you touched on a good thing, though. You guys have kind of a community in the character world, right? Like, you've, I've heard you talk oh, about yeah. other artists that you know, that you occasionally collaborate with or, like, share gigs with. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. It isn't a big group, you know. It's... Character art, character art is definitely, a lot of artists aren't interested in being out in public doing it, but yeah, the community is, is, is pretty well developed around here. Um, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of, a lot more in the cities. Um, Southern Minnesota, it's mostly me. And then, uh, and then, yeah, there's a big community in the cities and, uh, we do share a lot of gigs, you know, and you got, you got events where it's just like, you get three, four events and you're like, Hey, need help, you know, and. Uh, everybody's got their own style, so that sometimes plays into a factor. But um, usually, everybody that I know that I've drawn with here in the Minnesota area is really talented, really great people to work with, and uh, it, it's kind of just a sharing of, I'll pay you, you pay me, and we're good, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah. Do you, do you have a, a favorite? It's kind of playing off Wes's question a little bit, but do you have a favorite artist that you've met? I mean, obviously, you've, you you know um, international. Oh yeah, artists. Yeah. So yeah, there's. I mean, there's artists I definitely look up to and I learn from. Uh, Tom Richmond up in the cities. He's a used to be a Mad Magazine artist. He still is. Um, I mean, he's renowned. He made basically made the book on caricature. Um, there's a Mad Art of Caricature, whatever. It's yeah, Mad Art of Caricature. And uh, I mean, if you want to learn caricature on your own, that's the book to get. Like honestly, now there's a couple other ones that have come out since, but I mean, that is a foundational, like masterpiece of caricature and how old is tom uh approximately approximately 50s maybe okay yeah he uh he's he's still doing a lot of work commission work um he runs the booths at the valley fair and the mall america so i did work up there with him for a while very cool so so he's kind of the og one of the ogs if you will definitely oh yeah yep and then there's other artists i've met uh through iska uh down in iowa 
uh, I do some events with them. Uh, Chris and Kira Moore, they're really talented people. Uh, and then there's other artists that I met out from the West Coast. Um, uh, Nolan Harris, he's a, a big fan of his artwork. My really reflects a lot of his characteristics. Uh, Eric Rodefelt up in the cities, he does Twin Cities characters. He's very talented man. And I really learned, work with him quite a bit, and I learned a lot from him too. So you, you just grow as an artist, especially in the character community. Like you grow as you hang out with artists, watch them, study them. You know, as you're doing your work, you can say, hey, that's a good way of doing that or a technique of doing that. And you kind of tie it all in as right. you grow. Yeah. Obviously, <clears throat> art is, you know, everywhere, all oh, over the yeah. world, right? But is there a region or like maybe a country or? a place in the world where it, it's even more popular than it is, let's say in the U S or, um, uh, I would say, you know, there is like Euro caricature. Uh, they have a pretty good community in Europe. Okay. Um, Japan has quite a character kind of with the anime. Yeah. That they, whole culture. They have a, they have a company over there. I think it's, is it Tokyo character? I can't remember for sure. Don't quote me on that, but, um, they, he's turned it into like a very successful business and he has, he trains artists, and he, he will open a shop in their community, wherever it is, as long as he's had a couple artists that are like, hey, I want to open a shop close to home. He'll be like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and the, he's been very successful. He comes over. Um, his name's Kage. Uh, he, people go over there to hang out with him and train. People come back and come from there and compete at the ISCA convention, and they're crazy. Wow. I mean, I'm telling you, the, that's to me, they're crazy, crazy, but... Like, if you want to see somebody that's dedicated, they literally stay up all night. Because you have a certain time window to do the artwork in. And they're awake the whole time. Like, you go there at 2 in the morning, and they're there working. And then you go back to your room and come back at 8, and they're still there working. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. And, they, and they've won quite a few awards, you know, the whole, the whole thing, too. So, um, it just shows a work ethic there that is just insane, for sure. What does uh, what does a commission cost? Uh, it depends on what you're looking at getting. So just like a basic commission, um, it's about thirty five bucks a person if you're ordering one, and uh, the um, anything you need to get fancier too, like a fancy digital painting that's way more elaborate, way fancier. You know, those can hit hundred or more. Yeah. Uh, but it all depends on subject. I like to try. I try to like get you know the most reasonable price point for what you want. You know. Yeah. So I feel like $35 per subject is extremely reasonable. And yeah. I know that sometimes that can go fast, but at the same time for what the value of the gift is, you know, from a, an impression and, and just a, how unique, how cool, right? Like oh, anyone yeah. can go get a gift card, but to do a caricature of someone that you wanted to give an impression on, you know, it, it's just fun. I, I think like it's it. awesome. I think it's so cool. I've got a cousin of mine, her name's Samantha and her and her husband, Troy, and their two kids um, are huge every single year. And it could have been the guy you mentioned that is one of the main guys at the state fair. Oh, yeah. Their tradition is for the last like 12 years, they went to the state fair and had their family picture done yep. um, by the artist up there uh, for multiple years in a row. And they have them framed in their house. And it's so funny to watch, you know, the kids getting older and every year it's a little bit different. And yeah. Um, I think it's so neat, you know, I, and you also mentioned Casey before we started the episode that you, you're not at the state fair, but you're at the steel County fair, which yeah. is massive. It's the biggest County fair oh, yeah. in the in, state, in the state. Yeah. And, and it's I believe free. one of the biggest ones actually in the, the Midwest, so, but yeah, that's um, a huge fair. Yeah. That, that is an 
intense. Right. I can imagine. <laughs> Do you have any funny stories, interesting stories that you can share with us about just people you've met over the years? Oh, or, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, that, drawings that you've done or anything yeah. you want to share? I mean, I, yeah, there's there's so many. Like, it's I get to the, I've honestly gotten to the point now where I can't always remember everybody when they come up. And I, for a long time, it took me about three years, and then I started running out of brain or hard hard <laughs> hard drive space in there to like keep everybody straight um but yeah they they uh there's people that come back every year they get them um i did one where a couple wanted to be a zombie zombies and he worked at amazon so i had his wife or girlfriend taking his head out of a <laughs> amazon box and holding it up um what else that mr crabs one there's one kid there's one kid at a fair Oh, he was sugared up. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he was sugared up. He was just, yeah, he's all over the place. He's like, I want to be uh, flying on a wiener dog with $100 bills and machine guns. <laughs> and his mom's like, just, just leave out the machine guns. Wait, was this Wes? Oh. Was this Wes and his mom? I was because you say, shared that same vision with me. This feels like the <laughs> wedding crasher scene. Have you ever seen that where Vince Vaughn is sitting there at the wedding and the little kid comes up because he sees him doing balloon art and he goes, I want a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince Vaughn's like, uh, that's going to take a lot of balloons. Listen, I don't have all day. And he's like, shut up, funny guy, and make it. <laughs> that's what that feels like. Oh, that's great. That is awesome. Oh, well, I got, I got this done. What? Okay. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to hide it from all me because right. I'm going to come around and move that camera so that we get the wide-angle reveal. All right? So you got it. Quick pause, folks. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you had to take a guess, Casey, how many people since you started seriously drawing people, right? And yep. character, caricature. I can never say it right. Nobody can. <laughs> Caricature. <laughs> Caricature. Caricatures. Yeah. Uh, since you started, though, how many people do you think, or how many maybe pictures or people you've 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 drawn in your life? If you do like people, um, easily into the hundreds of thousands. Wow, um, I'm probably pulling in on half of, yeah, you know, probably a quarter of a million. Okay, so then now let's let's go to I set you up a little bit here, but it, it, on purpose, um, <laughs> attraction level of clients you've drawn. Like, do Wes and I break the top? <laughs> 50? Oh, yeah. 100? I'd say at least the top top 50. Yeah. Thank you. We did it. That's all. I mean, hundreds of thousands, folks. If we're in the top 50, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. So I can retire now. Yeah, we're good. My modeling career is done. <laughs> and done. Speaking Thanks, of modeling, what did you put together for us? You ready? All right. Oh, <laughs> look at that. That is... That's pretty fucking good. That is pretty. That's good. really awesome. Yeah, that and might, get deep on the top. That might have to hang in this uh, conference room. <clears> am I behind you getting deep? Or are you behind? I think. Here's the I'm problem with think. this, Jonesy. The only thing that's missing is the chest hair. I did just notice that yeah. as I put it up. I'm like, no. I was like, I, I don't mean to be critical, but that's that's a signature. It, it is piece completely of the, yeah. you, and I'm so glad you pointed. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I was it would so have, it would have got put on there. After this. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fantastic. Oh, that's, oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Thank you for giving me more that's hair so than great. I have on my head, too. That's appreciated. I like to, make, I like to be generous. It's very realistic. I, can folks see that? Oh, they saw it already on the other camera. But yeah. um, it looks... I don't often look at um, pictures of myself and think I look like my father. Mm -hmm. But um, that looks like my dad, which is kind of weird. Oh, yeah. that, and, happens, uh, that happens... A lot. Yeah. yeah, and he's no longer with us, but like that looks a lot like my dad, and I guarantee 
uh, when I show some family members that picture, they're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" The chest hair looks good. Old good Dave, now. yeah, good chest hair there. Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. Thank <laughs> that you, Casey. Fun, yeah. yeah, you bet. Man, so you you said something kind of surprising to me, and, and maybe it's just you know uh, the market, or just maybe you know sometimes in in life, people um, when you have a business that's you know kind of stationed locally. Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is, for example, with, with our store at Jay Long's, we get a ton of business that come from out of town. Oh, yeah. We yep. still get local business, but it's not as much as you'd think either. But you mentioned that you don't do very many um, contracts or, you know, commission work locally. Most of your stuff is where? Where? Um, most of my stuff is spread out in the Midwest. So I've been, this year so far, I've been to Nebraska, South Dakota, um, a lot of Iowa. Uh, I'll be up in northern Minnesota quite a bit, actually this last year in the winter. Um, I do get commissions here and there in Mankato um, from different people. Um, GMG, they've done several commissions um, and a few other businesses. Um, so I do get some commission work here in a gig maybe once in a while, but not as much as you'd think. Um, Mankato East, I do a, their grad party. So that's one that I do here, but the occasional wedding. More in, I've gotten more in St. Peter though than... <laughs> Yeah. Why do you think that's that is funny. if you could narrow that? I mean, just, just curious. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, um, it is a competitive market um, in booking characters. And there are some bigger outfits that do a lot of contract type work. So they don't actually draw. They just have our names on there. And then they call us up with a gig and say, hey, we got this gig in for you in your backyard. Do you want it? And it's like, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd love to be able to. You know, I'm, I'm all about local. Keep it local. You know, if you have a region that you cover, that's your region, you know. And I, and I'm in, it's good to have competition, but... How much does it cost for, like, a, a wedding? Um, right now, st- uh, the rate starts 150 an hour. Okay. Uh, it gets about 20 faces an hour, which, okay. if you do the math, it's not five, six bucks picture-ish. And, uh, and then there's just a little bit of travel, depending on where it is. If it's in sure. Mankato or St. Peter, there's no, there's no travel fees, so... So for some of my really good friends, I've done, I've purchased the limo as like a wedding gift because of Johnny being a buddy, Johnny yeah. Christensen, who was episode number two for us. Yeah. Now I'm starting to think, gosh, that would be a kind of a fun gift for someone that's a buddy of yours that gets married is like, I'm going to pay for the caricature artist because oh, yeah. I think that locally it's probably just lack of, of knowledge that that's even a thing. It probably is. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I try to be out in the community some. Um, but I'm, I'm always driving, I'm always traveling yeah. or, and I'm, or I'm doing design work and stuff too, which I, I love to do that too. So it's always a balancing act, you know, and there's so, only so many weekends in a year, yeah. honestly. Good point. And that's when my events usually occur Friday night, Saturday night. And you have a family. And I got a family. Got to be home sometimes, gotta, right? Yeah, kids, mm-hmm. man. Keep me up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I that's a completely reasonable rate, you know, talking about weddings, $150 an hour with the the amount that is the average on what people spend on weddings, it used to be like $25,000 in, in Minnesota, like 25 grand was the average right. money that a couple would spend on a wedding when I got married. And that was almost eight years ago. Right. Uh, I would guess now it's probably closer to 35 or oh, yeah. something along those lines. So to hire somebody like yourself to come in, I mean, let's just say for four hours, 150 bucks an hour, 600 bucks. Shit. You spend 600, 1200 bucks on, table runners and some decorations that don't even no. complete the whole thing. So it it, to, to me, it's a fun aspect in photo booths. Nothing wrong with photo booths. No, but they're a little bit 
they're a little boring now. Like this would be to me way more fun. Now that I'm thinking about it, here's so a, book them. Damn it! Here's a fantastic <laughs> idea. I think when you buy your suits. You also buy your caricature artist. <laughs> I mean, you got the wedding venue folks. That's, or not the venue folks, that's but the, true. the dressing that folks here. I mean, figure out something. Collaboration yeah, that'd be yeah. kind of fun. I just think it's so cool. Like, I, I'm not artistic, so when I see things like that, Casey, I really... And not just saying it because you're on the podcast with us tonight, but I, I just think that stuff is so unique. Malia Wiley. Yeah. Do you know Malia Wiley? Yeah. I I've had her co- uh, commission to paint our two cats that we own ravioli and frankie p yeah uh for my wife yeah and as gifts and she loves them and they're oh, yeah. framed and they look with barnwood yep and they look cool they're special they're unique so like wes was bringing up too you know just for gifts like for your dad hopefully he doesn't hear that you didn't hear it rick uh-huh. um, he doesn't know what the idea is gonna be but <laughs> <good> <laughs> <point>. I, got <laughs> I got an idea i'll tell you afterwards but um <laughs> Anyways, no, I just think it's such a unique thing, and it's something that can live on forever in a frame, and right. it's neat, and it's yeah personalized. It, that is that is like one of the biggest parts for me that keeps me going on it is the happy customers right. and the people when you show them their art. They're like, "Oh my god, that's so cool! That looks just like me," you know, and and they they'll remember that event for the rest of their life. Now they'll look at that like, "Oh yeah, that wedding that we had, and you know, wherever with the, you know this family and whatnot," and. A lot of times, people that get them ask for cards, and it comes back around, you know, five, six years later. Hey, you did this character of us. We got a whole family now. Can you do a commission? You know, or can you do our dogs? Or can you do our cats? You know, and stuff like that. Um, and so it, it is that interaction, you know, with the people and their reactions. I've had, you know, little boys when they ask me to draw them like Minecraft, you know, and I'll literally draw them like a Minecraft cool. character. And... Uh, put the creeper behind them, you know, and all the characters from the, you know, and, and they see it and they literally just light up and they'll come hug me. And I've had all kinds of, you know, great gestures. And it's just like, you know, it, it's one thing, you know, do it to make money for a living, but it's another thing to do it and have like real purpose and real, really impacting people's lives in such a happy way, you know, all the time. So right. I, I rarely get, I've had my rejections. Don't get me wrong. You know when they sit down, you're going to be like, oh, I don't know if you should be sitting here. But most of the time, people really love it. Well, I'll say that Casey did a, a caricature of himself that uh, oh, Susie, yeah. our office admin, pulled for our <laughs> research as if I needed research on you, Casey. <laughs> right. But I would say that uh, Casey might have been a little bit more generous with enhancing his own features. Look at that no, flow. Look at, look at that salad. <laughs> it kind of looks a little... That was... Yeah, those are my oh, my long hair years. You remember yeah. uh, Johnny Bravo? <laughs> Isn't that the name of that? Uh, oh, I'm getting yeah. a little bit yeah. of that. Yeah. That's a fun vibe. I like it. That's a that's a pretty good picture right there. Yeah. How long ago was that that you uh, did that for yourself? Oh, that was probably three, four years ago. Okay. No, that's five, your, five years ago. That's five on your ago. website, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, and that's yep. characters by Casey. Dot com. Yep. There we go. So there's the plug, folks. But uh, you did the, and they're not really caricatures, but the sketches for Auto Media Group's website, too. Yes, I did. Which is Thanks really fun. You. We yeah. love those. Yeah. yeah. What What is the biggest piece that you've been commissioned to create as far, you know, you know what I'm saying by that? Uh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I've had some big ones. I had... Um, Are we talking characters or just illustration? Or? I was going to let him roll with it and see where it okay. went. Because yeah. I, I might know, but keep going. Yeah, yeah. I've had... Oh, man, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Okay. Um, probably uh, at MSU, uh, I did a mural for the Career Development Center. I have a couple friends there, a uh, friend that works there, Andy. And she was like, we really need something for this wall. 
And so I came in and I looked at the wall and they told us what they, what they want to include. And, and I'd already done some animation work for them and did some illustrated, illustrated animation stuff. And uh, <clears throat> they wanted to keep it going. And so I did a, I did a, a, a full, I'm guessing it was probably 12 feet of wall. And I did it actually digitally. Um, but I, I did the whole thing. I mean, and I got down to where you would could zoom out and see like this entire landscape of the college and the city and people interacting and some typography and all these different words and slogans that, you know, they stand for and whatnot. And uh, that was a big, that was a big project. It was fun to see you work on too, because people don't even realize when you do a wall, you can't just, it's not like you have a blank canvas. You have to account for the clock that's in a certain spot and oh, the yeah. thermostat. And then there's a bump out for a pillar and there's just, there's different features within every wall that yep. you have to actually take into account. And if you don't, then you could be missing a key piece of the art when they actually cut the, it's essentially wallpaper, right? It's, it's like, like, yeah, a it's like a giant on. vinyl cutout. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, well, kind of where I was going with that too is like, as far as, and I don't know if this would really be beneficial for you as far as advertising for yourself, but maybe even just to have a cool, unique art piece in Mankato or, you know, Southern Minnesota, mm -hmm. but like a billboard, but like a cool, clean spot or along some cool wall, you know, yeah. you, you, you do it and it would have to be digitally cause you'd have to be able to blow it up big enough. Right. Right. Or, I mean, or I could paint it, but beautiful. We should but do like, that at Zan's. But like putting it, oh. like putting it up yeah. huge and, it, and it's big cool. and it's a cool Mankato piece. Like, right. This is, you know, the picture. I mean, I just think that's so cool. And how yeah. cool would it if you did landscape or even people or, yeah, you, you know. could, you can integrate people. Yeah. Uh, you could integrate, Really, anything. whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just think they'd be so unique. The style of it. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's has anybody done that around here. Like not with not that, that kind of medium. Art. No, no. no I, my really. cousin's husband Justin Eck does a lot of murals. Yes, obviously, mm -hmm. but not not this type of medium. And I think let me talk to Molly because she's the one that really wears the pants in the Zans oh. business relationship. Right. That's that's her baby. Yeah. But I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Could I definitely theme it with fam families some, and people and yeah. Yeah. tacos well, flying everywhere, yeah. chilios. Well, cool. And maybe in the new, I mean, I know this is a little bit off, you know, and, and in the distance, but it's getting closer by the day when you guys rebrand and not really rebrand. What am I trying to say? Rebuild. Sure. And kind of go to the next phase. Like yeah. how cool would that be if you had a whole black and white, like. Yeah. And the interior, wall, we the definitely interior. want to pull in the history too. It'd be really so cool. That would be an interesting approach too. But Your parents yep. together in a picture. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I just think it'd be really neat. But yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's fun because there, there's really, there's an endless amount of opportunities for it, you know, and, and I, I'd, I'd love to share it more. I'd love to do it more. I've done character is my main thing. Um, you know, but I can do realistic. I can yeah. do, um, portrait art i do cartoons uh comics things yep. like that um it, it I, i'm kind of more of an art guy than just yeah. one specific art which maybe holds me back a little bit but i love it all so i'm gonna do it all so so three things <laughs> uh, first one is you did johnny uh johnny b's right you did yes. the wall in there oh shit yep. that's so cool that's a There's, regular over there yep generational Generations of Johnny B. It's neat. I've, I've seen it. Southern Minnesota, you did uh, the Blue Earth, the restaurant in Blue Earth, the Double Play. Is that the one? Or uh, is it a different one? No, I don't think it's Double Play. I forget the name of it. But it's it's two two guys. Um, yeah. They rebranded. They used to be Double Play, I think. Yep. And yep. then it was a new ownership team that came in and bought it, and they commissioned you. And I think the name is even the reason why they did it, right? Yeah. Wasn't yep. that the logo? Yeah, because one guy's like yeah. huge, and the other guy's really small. And so I had 
the one guy standing there and the other <laughs> guy's like literally on his back like a backpack and he's like hey yeah. <laughs> so no, super fun yep uh third thought now i lost the third thought Oof. god i'm getting old Aaron. uh-oh yeah. uh-oh <laughs> You're not even well, old. you think about that because we could also blame Chankaska on this. I'm gonna blame Chankaska. Let's blame, let's blame him. Yeah. Let's also do a, a sweet little shout out to our friends at Chankaska for always being so kind to us and our guests and taking care of us, keeping us hydrate, <laughs> hydrated mm-hmm. um, with delicious spirits. Tonight, I am sipping on the Ranch Road Barrel Gin, handcrafted small batch. Really, really nummy. Um, Kelsey Long has educated me on, you know, they've won a lot of awards on this particular gin. It's not like you're just using your regular lighter colored gin for a gin and tonic or anything like that. This is barrel aged, so it's got a little bit of a, what did you say, Wes, earlier? I Well, I described it a little bit more like a whiskey, even though it's a gin, because so many whiskeys are barrel you know, aged. Right. So it's, it picks up that same type of wood vibe within the gin, which makes it kind of sweet and honestly delicious. And I'm not a gin guy, but I will drink this by the bottle. 100%. And you really don't get that, you know, some people call it the pine needly taste of gin on this at all. Uh, you're sipping the same, correct? I am tonight. I, I actually switched off. I've done the bourbon to start and then I moved to the gin afterwards. Lucky I'm mixing guy. It. Lucky guy. Look at us. Lucky we're, us We're so lucky to have Chankask on board with us. Casey, are yes. you also oh, yeah. drinking the uh, I am barrel drinking gin the, tonight? The barrel mm-hmm. gin. It is really good. Very good. Yeah, it's solid. So we yeah. want to thank Chankask again for their continued sponsorship. They've been on board with us since day one. Uh, not only do they have barrel gin, you guys, but of course they've got Ranch Road Vodka, Ranch Road Rum, Ranch Road Apple Brandy, rye straight bourbon whiskey which wes and i have um enjoyed uh, a lot on this podcast but really known for their wines all over the state and other places so check out the grounds out there if you're looking to maybe just get a group together to talk smart or if you're looking to book a wedding um you know get together and and, and plan something this feels like the wedding episode and chancaska is a great place to have a wedding so to finish off that sponsorship consider that as your venue but maybe that's an upsell for them too maybe we're packaging uh, jay long's a little yeah. gig your work pulling in chan casca's venue i feel like it all makes sense it would yeah there's a lot of good opportunity in this community a lot of great businesses and and i think there's yeah natural ways i always we've had so many guests on this this podcast at this point and and mm-hmm. <laughs> the creative obviously marketing mind of Wes and then myself as being just a business ad- advocate in general Casey I'm like how do we grow your fucking business even more here <laughs> like obviously you're doing well but I think yeah. like how how do you only have you know a handful of things going on in the Mankato market like you're a lo- you're a local gem that's sitting here in front of us right that is super talented yeah. how do we how do we grow that business for you so that's that's right. what I I start thinking about and the wheels start turning and of course Wes does the same and that's why we get along but <laughs> Yeah. But it's fun. So there's a reason I, I'm up here hanging out with this guy. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of fun. He's got yeah, a good a business good mind. Ideas. That is true. He does so for sure. Yeah. On that note, let's take a break. Okay. And I think more and more people are getting uh, involved in. Um, when I say involved, I mean listening to or downloading or understanding that podcasts uh, are the future uh, okay. on how to you know take in uh, new information. And not just podcasts, but just videos in general, you know, YouTube. There's still people that are finally going onto YouTube saying, oh, man, this is really great. I can learn how to do everything from fixing my lawnmower to being a better person. Right. You know, like it's it's just interesting. But I definitely the older generation, there's been multiple times lately, especially um, where I've literally grabbed clients' phones who are well-known in the community. I won't name names, but I'll 
they'll say something about it or they heard something about it and I'll say, have you downloaded any, have you downloaded it yet? Do you know, do you have Spotify? Do you have this or that? Yeah. Okay. Give me your phone and I'll do it and I'll just, you know, just plug it in. And then of course put a five star rating in there. Well, of course. Of course. Right, Maybe that happened once sure or twice. Your yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, um, but it's neat. And I think, so that extra space back there with that studio space, I think uh, will be a good future yeah. uh, endeavor for OMG and, and be the brand. Too. Yeah, like so you, just uh, having those people come up and share ideas, share the space, yeah, the community yeah. and stuff that you're going to have come in. Yeah. Some folks are just going to rent and they just want the space, and some folks are going to want full on production. So it's going to be kind of cool. neat because we're be going to be able to create brands for shows. We're going to be able to put yeah. together social content. We're going to edit the audio, the video. We're going to put together the backdrop. Actually, create a set for them. I mean, it'll be really next level for Mankato when it comes to production quality, which oh, is yeah. neat. Definitely. So, um. So, we're back. we're back. I remember my third point that I forgot before. What is Shoot. I don't have a solid idea for this, but it came to me <laughs> while we were talking that maybe Connect Business Magazine should have a cartoon as a part of what we do. Mm. Maybe, it's, maybe it's political in nature. Maybe it's just business mm. in nature and like a business trend. Like you do a cartoon of someone working from home with some humor yeah. sprinkled yeah. in there. That could be interesting. I like that a lot. Yeah. Game. Thing. Adds a little personality to it. Maybe we do that as a part of the 30-year re- kind of launch of what we're doing. Yeah. That would be super fun. Do like yeah. kind of like the one-and-off far side little, yeah. thing, mm-hmm. you know, goofy, funny, make people laugh a little bit in their business day. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. You think about the newspaper and what is it? They this, Is it just the cartoon section in the newspaper? Yep. I believe it was what it was called. Yep. But at a more business type and that's the only level. Part of, that's the only part of the newspaper I ever looked at. So. Yeah, I, I bet. <laughs> All the inspiration. I get, get the Sunday yeah. paper and I'd be like, Dad, where's the comics? Boom. That's <laughs> all I, I looked at it for like two hours. That's a good idea. Yeah. I, I think, think that's a really fun. cool idea. Yeah. Um, or potentially a cover that has the covers is actually the character of the person on the cover. And you wouldn't need to do it all the time, obviously, no. but... Yeah. I mean, it would be interesting who you pick then if you don't do it all the time going forward. But maybe for the thirty, <clears throat> maybe for the thirty year, because you guys are doing it, you're still every other month, right? Yeah, we're we're six times a year. Okay, yep. but maybe for the thirty year anniversary, every cover is is something that is drawn could by be. you to make it a little more unique. Could be. Could also be. Sometimes we talk about doing. Uh, we love people, and that's really our main focus: is putting a certain individual on the on the cover to say, "Hey, this personality shapes this business, which therefore shapes the community." Right. Uh, but occasionally, we look at things and we say, "Well, industry-wise, it would be really great to do a conglomerate kind of story where we shove in." what is the state of high school education across Mankato? And we do Loyola and we do West and we do East and we do homeschooling and we do, you know, just a bunch of, you know, cross sector type things. Well, who do you put on the cover for that? You don't want to show a ton of favoritism. Maybe you just put on some sort of caricature of a student doing something. Or a a collage or even a unique illustration that just illustrates education in all these different facets. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could be fun. I think well, there's a lot of collaboration opportunities. I there. love it. I think oh, it's yeah. so cool. We, we've talked a lot about characters, uh, obviously, but you're the lead designer here at OMG, mm-hmm. right? So, and you also do a ton of digital. Yeah. So oh, yeah. let's talk about that. We've talked a lot about on the other side of your life with, with doing, I'm still getting it down, caricature. Can we just call them carries? Sure. Okay. We'll call them carries. Doing carries. Yeah, we'll do we're, doing, carry. we're doing carry. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Molly. Uh, let's do it. Yeah. Um, so, 
But uh, let's talk a little bit about that side of your of your life too, as sure. far as your your digital work and what else you do besides. Um, well, and let's start at the beginning. You said that in sixth grade, you saw Brian Machi come in, yep. do a presentation. Yep. It hooked you. And then fast forward, you're in college, you're doing your thing. And yep. somehow you must have gotten rehooked up with Brian. Yeah. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> the, my advisor, which was the head of the design department at the time, Harlan Bloomer, he said, hey, I was like, hey, what? I don't really don't want to move up to the cities. I'm not a city guy. I'm a very rural southern, you know, I want it simple. Mankato's as big as I, I want to get you know, and, uh, <clears throat> is there anything around here? And he said, yeah, there's Lime Valley. Um, he's like, it's tough, you know, they'll push you, but he's like, that's a solid business, you know? And I said, sure, you know, uh, I'll, I'll check it out. And, uh, I submitted my resume and sure enough, Brian responded, not knowing that was the Brian that I saw present present. I didn't remember his name. I remember the house and what he looked like. Yeah. Guy with, tall guy with glasses. And the logo he presented. I remember the logo. What was the logo? Um, it was this Crystal Communications logo. It was like a, and he showed how they came about it and how it was developed and the different options they gave to the client and whatnot and that's the whole neat. logo process. It's actually really, regardless of what your interests are, I think that that's a fascinating process. It's it's crazy. People yeah. think it. People think it's so easy mm-hmm. to throw together a logo, and it is honestly probably one of the hardest to do to it do. well. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's so much more thought in to the simplicity to get something simple is actually harder than to make something elaborate. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, that, that, uh, you know, I went there for the interview. I drove up I'm like, holy cow, that's the house that I saw in sixth grade. And I was like, eh, we'll see if it's the same guy. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's passed along, you know, sure enough, I walk in and she's like, I talked to the front desk. She's like, yeah, I'll get Brian, whatever. And he comes up and like, Oh, that's the guy that talked to me in sixth grade. And then I shared with him that in my interview and it might've got me a job, but, <laughs> um, you know, he, he, he is one for, he's, he's always done a lot for education. And, you know, as when I was at Lime Valley, I became the art director there. And, um, we were always involved in education all throughout the community, South Central College, MSU. We were always at the art shows. We always did speaking engagements, um, class tours, you know, all the time. And, uh, that was a big thing. It helped a lot. And it obviously helped me, you know, and that's for him, that was the best. So it was a cool, it was a cool full circle type thing. And yeah, yeah, I was there for over 10 years. So, so was the interview for an internship or an actual full-time graphic role? designer? Yeah. Okay. Started out as a graphic designer. Sure. And I, and then I, once I got in there, I found out I knew nothing. So. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that uh, Joe Bailey from Sign Pro and I were just talking about the other day is, is when you're a college student, you've got all day until whatever the deadline is, which is usually weeks right. from when you've gotten the assignment to get something done. Right. And when you're in the commercial world and you're artistic, deadlines are deadlines and it doesn't matter what your process is. You got to crank that son of a bitch out oh, right yeah. you got to get that project done because yeah. it needs to be ready for print or whatever whatever the deliverable is it needs to be ready was that a big shock for you as far as just like the sheer churn of what you had to get done and how fast you had to get it done oh yeah absolutely the sheer turn uh the processes that are in place you know the the level of detail um that uh you needed to have you know going to print Mm-hmm. and sending it to these vendors and the things like even color profiles and all that stuff, you know, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, and 
I really, I learned a lot there. Like Lime Valley is one place that they did it all by the book right on, you know, they worked with vendors a lot. Um, so it was a very good foundational place for me to start my career because you did it right. Yeah. It didn't matter how long it took, you did it right. Um, and I think that's, you have to do that in the design world because you don't get that color right and you go to print and they print 10,000 brochures for this company and that color's off. You print 10,000 more. Yeah. And your pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, it's crazy. And then, you know, the collaboration and the processes and stuff and how to create stuff out. Like you said, I mean, clients will come in and be like, oh crap, we got a trade show in three weeks. We got to get all this <laughs> new stuff done. So I'm laughing because Casey and I just went through that. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's super important. And I don't think it's something that's necessarily taught in college because at that stage it just doesn't exist. But when you get into the real world, it's, it's a reality is, is you have to move at the pace that the client needs you to move. Right. Yeah. Um, For sure. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit more about Lime Valley. So you started out as a graphic designer there. I did. Yeah. How long were you a designer? Uh, I was a designer for about seven, six to seven years. Okay. Um, then I, I uh, you know, through ups and downs in learning, um, took on the role as associate art director under Brian. Brian was the art director and helped out with kind of when he was gone because they did a lot of client, you know, they had clients in Chicago, they had clients all over the country. So um, kind of filled in when he was gone. Um, and then I got the art director role 2014, 2013. Sure. And I was art director for two to three years. Um, charged all the projects, make sure things look pretty and looking up to date, current, modern, fun, you know, what the clients need. So, But it's, it's a little bit more managerial than it is necessary. I mean, it is. Yeah. Explain the differences for folks that don't really yeah. understand. I mean, as an art director, you're, you're, you're not just being an art guy. You're, um, he, he gave me this great equation that I've, I've used to this day, and it's, it's uh, art direction is accuracy over audience. Yeah. So any one of those you move around, it fits. Um, is, you got to be accurate for the audience you're delivering to. If you can't hit those, you know, your design could look cool, and nobody will understand what it's for. You know, um, or the audience won't even be right or, you know, won't be accurate to the event or whatever it is you're doing. So um, it, it is definitely a different, more managerial where I like you have to think about what your goal is, where you're trying to hit, what the client needs, how quickly you need to get it done and uh, and then also make it look really good. And so it's it, it's a little more of, you know, oh, let's meet on that look over it. Oh, let's meet on that. Look over it. You know, and at first it was hard because I usually would just get it and make it look good yeah. <laughs> and be done with it. You know, like I knew what it needed to be. Um, so that interaction between people was a big thing. And, and Brian helped with that. And he also put me into different young professionals here in town, which helped a lot for that. And also did the leadership Institute with GMG that helped a lot when it came to that role as a, professional so yeah it's different it's very different how many people were you managing at one time at lime valley um in the the art department um i usually were working with probably 
five or six people. Um, but then also working with Brian and Jim, uh, Jim Schill, he's an account manager and copywriter. Sure. And then Marissa with coordinating and all the front end stuff. So, you know, it's usually been a team of 10 to 12 people roughly. Okay. You can interact with all of them, but designer wise is five to six. So, yeah. Well, I've been lucky to know Brian since shortly after I got into the agency world, so to speak. It was funny. I went around town and I chatted with everyone that I knew in the business and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes, but just let you know. And if there's ever an opportunity, let's work together. Uh, And I really didn't know Brian. Um, My business partner at the time was Mike Sargent, and he knew Brian because he used to actually work at Lime Valley before he and I started OMG. And so they had a relationship, and then from that, Brian and I got to know each other, and we would go out for drinks every once in a while, and we haven't done it in a while, but we're due. (laughs) But uh, yeah, just getting to know him, I've actually learned a bit from him just from having drinks, as funny as that is. is, I mean, they've been in the business for, what, uh, the agency itself is just super long-lived. over Well over 25 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, and for Mankato, I don't think there's anyone that's been around as long. No. Mm -mm. Yeah, he he has a great business model. Mm -hmm. If, you know, there's a business mind when it comes to managing, um, I'd call him up. He knows how to run it, knows how to run it smoothly, knows how to set a budget. Yeah get it done um and uh yeah i mean i I really wouldn't be where i am without i've had a lot of i've been very lucky to have a lot of mentors in my life that really made a big impact and i Mm -hmm. know everybody does but i've had some that not only made a big impact but were really recognized as someone who made a big impact and what they did beside that um and you know he's one of them for sure in my career I mean, obviously, made an impact when I was sixth, sixth grade. Right. You know. That's um, fantastic. You know, along with other people in high school and, and in college. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Good well, business guy. There. Let's go down that path for a second. So, Brian obviously has been, uh, you know, made an impact in that sixth grade mm-hmm. uh, time period for you, but also obviously worked there for how many years at Lime Valley? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. Um, what would you say... I like to ask this question about a lot of things, but you know, if you can narrow it down to the one thing that makes Brian who he is or what makes him successful at what he does and maybe what you learned from him. I don't know if that's separate, but yeah. what's the, what's the number one thing you learned from Brian? Um, the hard work, um, and the dedication, dedication to, to his employees, dedication to his clients. He's dedicated to delivering like the best quality, whatever it is that he does. And, he uh, he always, you know, um, pushed me. He was always pushing me, and I'd get I'd get frustrated at times. And uh, he knew it, and he knew, wanted me to be frustrated. It was good um, because you know where I'm at now uh, with that discipline has made what I do now a lot easier. Um, and that's with any of the mentors I had. They were extremely tough, and they pushed me because they saw the potential. They they never let me hesitate. Um, if I looked a little doubt, they'd be like, "Nope, we're doing it." <laughs> and so, um, you know, there were times where it was really a struggle for me, but it, it made me a lot tougher and it made me a lot stronger and a lot more focused and a lot more knowledgeable about thinking about other people and how I am doing what I do. That was a big uh, big part of it for sure. 
anybody else in the mentor arena yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that you could sure. share that like is somebody else that pops into your head right away that has really kind of taught you whether it's or artistic direction or just mm-hmm. guiding you in the business um, part of it. Um, not so much the business side of it. I'd say Brian's the biggest impact in business and Wes. He's been inspired because look what he's built here. Oh, geez. Like, honestly. Don't, don't go honestly. down that road. Yeah. Skip me. <laughs> um, everybody, everybody's important. Um, and uh, my track coach, uh, Ken Wieselman, he was a, a huge impact. He saw an opportunity in track, you know, for me it was a passion. Um, but he made it the passion. Um, he, he, at least I shouldn't say he made it. He woke the passion, you know, and because he saw the potential and he pushed me and pushed me. And I remember telling my dad, I don't want to run. That's just, I don't want to run. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the front of my freshman year, I, I didn't want to do anything else. And it was hard. Oh, was it hard? And, uh, and talk about discipline and hard work and, you know, the right attitude. Um, he was a big part. My speech teacher, uh, Mr. Proust, like insanely difficult for high school. It was above college level stuff we did. And once I got to college, speech it was the easiest class <laughs> ever. Like I aced it, just no problem. So there's some big impact in there in high school. Um, with these these teachers that had a major uh, focus on discipline and working hard and, and and being really thinking through what you're doing, you know, so that's the, the motivation behind it, anyways. So I got to jump back for a second because I just remembered something as you were talking about, and, and this is totally a side comment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But you mentioned earlier in the episode that your dad was in taxidermy. Yeah. How did we not go further down that path and talk about what is it like to be the son of taxidermist? <laughs> I, a taxidermist. I yeah. mean, uh, it's it's something that my 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 stepfather was a hunter, and in yep. in so obviously he had um, certain um, animals. Oh, yeah. stuffed, whatever yep. you want to say, fixed, uh, yep, mounted, put on, mounted, mounted. thank you. Yep. Um, but <laughs> the formaldehyde, the being around dead <laughs> animals, the, everything, I mean, about that, I know that's a really side topic based upon where we're going with mentors, but can we talk about that a, a yeah. smidge, what that was like growing up Absolutely. with that? And yeah. it, did that inspire you at all in the art world? You said your dad it was did. one of the people that inspired you in art. Oh, it's yeah. interesting to think about that sort of thing is art, but he inspired me in art and in business um, because he was self-employed from like 13 years old. He built his taxidermy business from his, from my grandparents' basement when he was 13. And he knew kind of like I did. That's, he loved it. He's loved it every day. Um, and he built it from the ground up, you know, and it's just been him the whole time. But um, yeah, it, it is an interesting profession for sure. Um, it isn't as gross, I guess, as many people think. I, I, it's not, once you're around it. You get desensitized to it, you right? You do, really, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's how we used to live before we had all this. You went out and you hunted. And you Remember the smell? Oh, yeah. Because there's chemicals. Involved, yeah, there's right? chemicals. I mean, there's yeah. No no formaldehyde. He didn't do not that. Not that? But, okay. But uh, it definitely stunk. Well, yeah. this is probably an unfair question since you weren't the one doing it, but maybe, you know, from memory, yeah. Uh, Percentage-wise, let's say seventy-five percent was deer. Like, what was what oh, was the ratio? Yeah, like, was there a bunch a of lot. bears? Yeah, 
Brothers and other like yeah. so many fun stuff in there. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, my my dad actually here in recent years had taken a safari in Africa. Oh wow. So we got some African animals laying around the shop right now that haven't, haven't been mounted yet. Uh, sure. Him and my sister went. What is the name of the business? Is he still do it? Yeah, Craig, so, Craig's Taxidermy. It's in Freeborn. Freeborn. Yep. Okay, Craig's Taxidermy. Yep. Uh, Let's give him it. an influx of business, folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He's Where are all these fucking calls coming <laughs> from? <laughs> what, is, what is happening? What is going on? I'm so quiet here in this little. Can town. you mount my giraffe? <laughs> what? Yeah, you I got know. a giraffe sitting around here. <laughs> I don't, but I have seen. It. That's a side story. I'll tell you afterwards. Yeah. No, but yeah, it, it was. Uh, he's he, he's done really well. Um, you know, he's had his ups and downs and it's, it's a challenging environment for sure. It's a lot of work. You can't just whip them together. There's a process and it takes time and there's some artistic, you know, he does a lot of sculpting to, to make things accurate, um, to nature. And he's always, he's kind of like me. He's very self-critical. So like, he was like, eh, it's okay. I'm like, dad, it looks, you can't even tell. He's like, that's okay. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's he, great. he knows where all the mistakes are hidden. If there's yeah. any in their minor, it doesn't matter. He knows where they are, right? Yeah. Um, so we, I kind of, you know, Wes and I kind of hijacked your story there for a little bit. But right. um, so helping out, you know, there's a there's a family business, right? Before you did what you did mm-hmm. and your, your your siblings, but I'm assuming you helped out in the shop, right? You, oh, yeah. you did some things. What are, what are your memories of that? Oh, yeah, it was fun. Um, I, I loved it. I loved all the animals. I loved seeing what he would make. Um I, I spent a lot of time there. He had a uh, a area up front for me, and I sculpted a lot. Uh, sculpting is another kind of side passion of mine. And what does that mean for those who don't understand what that means? Sculpting? like For was, the, that business. Oh, for the business. So I was just sculpting like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you meant stuff. sculpting animals. But that, there that was is a... sculpting animals, for sure. Like okay. any of the forms you see, like in a deer, is sculpted before it's cast in foam so like there are sculptors that literally do that for a living um and you know a lot of it he does especially on the eyes and the nose and stuff every animal is unique whether you think they're deer all the deer they're the same or not they're not um they're, they're similar but there's definitely some that are you know bigger head wider head longer nose you know stuff like that and so he has to figure that in when he's designing he takes measurements and stuff and he actually sculpts in those things and uh, there's a lot of art to building the um, building the foliage and building rocks, making rocks. Um, we, you know, I helped with that a lot. He actually told me I should be a car- taxidermist because I was really good at doing it when I helped him, but it wasn't really my forte. <laughs> but um, it was a lot of fun. I think the art side of it, it just came natural to me. Um, and he, he doesn't think it come. He said it never came natural to him. He really just had to work really, really hard because he loved it so much that's how he got good at it which he, i think he was pretty good at it to begin but um yeah the sculpting yeah i was just up front uh as a kid making ninja <laughs> turtles and i did all these sculptures and like these muscles and these arms from like x-men and marvel heroes and he's like that's so good and there's <laughs> he still got them all in the shop even, so. that's awesome yeah what was your first entrepreneurial venture um you're talking about the sculpting that made me think, oh, did he sell any of those little sculptures? Uh, did, you, yeah, did you used no. to do any kind of art shows or anything? No, I mean, I, I did it I did it in school as much as I could. Um, USC was, wasn't was too big of a school, so I literally took all the art I could, sure. and then it was all gone. <laughs> yeah. So I did as much of it as I could. Um, I drew a lot. Uh, I drew a lot of my own 
video game characters. I would draw birds. I really got into birds for a while. Uh, gave them to like my grandma. She loved birds, stuff like that. So I have these. There's some bird drawings around um, that I did. Um, it wasn't until I really got into college that I got to really dig into different mediums um, sure. and stuff like that. So like sculpting, uh, pottery. Love pottery. Uh, I just don't have room for a kiln and a wheel. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, I got into um, the drawing, obviously, more. Um, what else did I do? Painting. I did a little painting. Sure. It wasn't my big thing, but it was fun. So, yeah, anything art I was really into. So. The taxidermy, though, was... Uh, it's funny because I think it really set a good foundation. Um, it set a good foundation for studying. Because, like, when you'd actually build a rock, like, we'd make the rock from nothing. And it, it, you'd study the rock and you'd learn, you'd see the details that would make it look real. And uh, I used that even in college. Like, there was a project where I actually made, like, a giant rock hand. And it was holding something. And I brought it in and I was like, whoa, what the? Like, it looked like a real rock. They thought it was a real rock. And it wasn't. It, was just it, it gives me an, a whole different respect to the world of taxidermy and the, you know, that whole profession because again, growing up with a stepfather who hunted and fish and he's mounted, you know, animals and fish and everything else. But I I just think of this guy in this weird kind of smelling environment who's (laughs) stuffing these animals after they've been gutted. And, you know, that's in my brain what it's always been. Um, But now you're, you're getting deeper on the artistic uh, ability behind it, which makes sense because there's, there's pieces that people get, right. And it's like, Oh, that's beautiful. You know, and they talk about it now because I'm not, I've never really been a hunter. It's Mm -hmm. weird for me to see dead animals and be like, that's really beautiful. But, but at the same time, when you're talking about it being an artistic profession, it it, it does make sense to me. I'm like, okay, wow. You know, like you have to make it look realistic because you're basically creating, um, you know, you get these exoskeletons of, you know, yeah. I'm sorry, what were you saying? No, you're creating reality. You know, you're yeah, trying, to, you you're trying to take that hunter's experience and kind of bring it back around. Right. So they bring it, bring, you know, because in hunting, if you ever hunted, I hunted quite a bit, obviously, um, when I was a kid. And uh, there really isn't anything like it. You know, I think it is entirely in us to to do that. And I know some people don't like it, and that's fine. Sure. Whatever, you know, it's not for everybody. Um, but, you know, in nature and, and before we had all we have, that's what we did to survive. And uh, I think it's just kind of in our DNA, whether we want it to be there or not. Right. Um, and so, you know, hunting and being out in the wilderness and being out there, and it isn't even about shooting something. To me, it never was. My dad either. He's not about going on getting as many deer as he can or as many ducks. He's about being out there and experiencing it and seeing and hearing. And like sometimes we'd get nothing and we just enjoyed the morning. You know, and we saw the ducks and, and we're just like, yeah, no, you know, we're good. And so there's there's a lot of value in that. I think that especially nowadays, people don't take enough time to chill out and just go and relax and enjoy something that's been here forever. To be a part of it. Yeah. To be a part of the nature. Yep. To be a part of the, the wind, the soil, all the things. Yeah. Landscape, art. Has that ever been a part of like you while you're sitting out there and you're enjoying the nature? Have you always, have you looked at it and been like, I'm going to draw this? Has that also been a part of your repertoire? I've done a little bit of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If there's something that really strikes me, I'll doodle it. Sure. Uh, My dad really wanted me to get into murals because a lot of taxidermists um, have mural painters. So like these guys will build these giant showrooms for their, their work that they're, they're 
the game that they've gotten and their trophies and they'll do a giant mural in the background of whether it's the Rockies or it's, you know, wherever that hunt was to kind of re-emulate that, that mm-hmm. moment. Uh, if you go to Cabela's, you'll see them. There's giant murals that they use in the dioramas and stuff. Sure. And uh, that'd be cool. I, I never really, like I said, I didn't get into painting that much. I'm a little black and white kind of guy um, other than design work. So Why black and white? I don't know. You know, I've always gravitated towards it. I like the traditional feel of it, I guess. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, I like it. I do like it. I like black and white a lot. You know, I find myself also editing pictures that I've taken with my iPhone and turning them into black and white and saying like, I like that better than what the actual colors of the photo are. And there's something about it. It is. Um, yeah. And it's kind of been the, the whole theme of the well, Get Deep podcast, too. I was just about to say that Casey is responsible for the brand for Get Deep. So for yeah. those that didn't know. Cheers. cheers, to that, cheers. Huh? Hell yeah. Which is beautiful. It's clean, but it also has elements when you start looking at it a little closer. Like you said, sometimes the more simplistic uh, logos and artwork end up being the most complicated. Yeah. That, did I misquote you nope, there? Is that pretty right. accurate? Yeah. yeah. Less is less that they say less is more, but getting to less takes a lot more. So it's it's not easy. It, you know, there's so many simple great logos out there: McDonald's, Pepsi, you know, whatever. Um, and you see them all the time. But now that there's so many, yeah. um, to narrow it down to something that somebody hasn't done, or create that identity that someone can use f- that has the longevity and the symbolism and is accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, even just in the simplest form is not an easy task. <laughs> well, and that's a good lead in for one of my questions, which is when you look at this is a two part question. Question okay. number one might be if you look at any brand out there, mm-hmm. you have favorites and why. And then the second part that I'll give you up front, too, is is when you look at brands that you've done over the years, mm-hmm. maybe identify a few for the audience that might be better locally known and mm-hmm. why. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely have favorites. Uh, mm-hmm. Everybody has a style, you know, as far as artists go. Um, I, I love when someone has done something that is accurate and clever and ties it in. So, like, whether it's what the company does, a person or, you know, something about that person, and then, like, the product they deliver and how it's tied in in some really simple way that's clever, whether it's into the typography or as a character or something. Um, I think that's fun. And yeah. the ingenuity behind it to connect those dots and make a symbol or something out of it, I think it's really great. Yeah. Logos I've done, I've done a lot of logos. Um, and it's been kind of my forte, obviously. That's the first thing I got the kick on in sixth grade was the logo. Um, make it a marathon. Uh, we started that original logo. It's kind of evolved a little, but it's generally the same at this point. Uh, MRCI, worked on that logo. Um, Tea Times, that's a new one that we just did. Um, that's a fun one. There's a lot of them. Um, I did one for an insurance company called Bald Guy Insurance. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I was going to say, before Casey sold that to the folks over at Bald Guy Insurance, we actually discussed whether or not it made sense for Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always makes sense for me. They're, they're really I love they're, being bald. There's some similarities. <clears throat> they're a fun group. Yeah, you should see that logo. It looks. They're local. Mm, they're up uh, north of the cities. Pines, okay, Pine City area. Okay, uh, there's but, Bald Man Brewing, 
And so that's when you first said it. I was like, Pullman yeah. Brewing. But that's obviously Both different. But insurance, yeah. Both no, insurance. It's, Clever. It was a lot of fun. They're a fun group of guys. And they're actually from their area. They're from the Blue Earth area. Okay. And uh, so they knew of USC, Blue Earth. That's all kind of sure. in the same area. So sure. it was fun connection and a lot of fun with that. So. Going back to Wes's first question about brands, you said that involve like, you know, the mission or um, the whole dynamic of what they do and it's creative, but it's simple, all that. Do you have any examples of that, by the way? Um, about brands that can kind of keep it simple, but in a, but bring it all in. Because we've all seen really complicated logos too, where you're like, what right. the fuck is that? Yeah. You know, oh, where right. you, you have to literally look at it for like eight minutes to figure out what it is, right. and then you're confused. And it's not a good logo, because right. if you have to look that long at a brand, you're not branding yourself correctly. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. uh, I'm yeah. not in that arena, but yeah. I assume that's pretty right. accurate. You should be able to recognize it. Right. So is there any, like, it, whether it's a national brand or a local brand or a Minnesota brand or whatever it is, a brand that did a really good logo, whether you're a part of it or not, that just, like, nailed it and you're, it tells what they do and it's creative and it's fun? Yeah. Um, it might not be the most exciting, but, like, FedEx. Sure. If you have ever looked at that logo closely, there's an arrow in the middle of it. I don't think... Yeah. There's literally an arrow I've in the negative space between yep. the E and the X. Okay. I've seen the breakdown of that. On in case yeah. he designed it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wish. Own it. Uh, oh, man. Uh, be That'd have been a good one. I'd be living differently. Build, right build that into the yeah, right? structure. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I see stuff like that. Like I said, the combination of a name that's so simple, and they tuck that arrow in there, which, you know, they're a delivery company. Like... Yeah. That's really clever. Amazon, that's clever. A to Z. You know, that's, sure. And then end up looking like a smile, which everybody likes. A to Z does? Well. Or which brand? I think it looks like a smile. Amazon. Oh, Amazon, a yes. Okay. Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got yeah. it. Got it. Um, yeah, those are those are great national brands that, you know, they, and it's funny people think that, oh, somebody just thought that up, you know. Like, um, right. No. No. They spent, oh, I guarantee you, six figures, well over six figures on making that happen. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, I guarantee you, out of you know a hundred random listeners that are listening, like ninety of them went Amazon A to Z. They never put that together. Right, same. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way that I was thinking you meant A to Z rental. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm stupid. There's a lot of great local brands. I really like Pub Five Hundred. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, a great one. brand. Um, I was just having lunch with Tom Frederick. He's selling selling the business. When he just is. announced his retirement party uh, too. When is that going to happen? When's this when the sale? Because I know so we've I chatted just, about this before. This was really funny. We were talking. So Molly and I bought Zans on June first of twenty twenty two. He's selling Pub Coming 500 up on a year, baby. On June first of twenty twenty three. So yeah. just a year later. You tell you call him a copycatter. I did. I said, "Gosh, what are you doing? Wait until June first. Are you just trying to mimic us?" <laughs> He said, well, honestly, you know, and this is how good of a guy Tom Frederick is, and we're going to have him on the podcast eventually, but he goes, well, the winter months are slow, and I didn't feel like selling January 1st to the new ownership because who wants to take losses their first couple months in business? Wow. I'm good like, point. I love you, Tom. You're yeah. such a good guy. He's such a good guy. He's had process. characters there yeah. uh, for different events. Uh, mustache Bash. Yeah. Like they were one yeah, of the yeah. first people to hire me. To do characters locally. Tom is such a, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sad that he's selling the business because we're kind of, to a certain extent, losing a business owner that it's, is super community oriented, oh, yeah. but man, he deserves his retirement, by the way. The restaurant yeah. business is not easy, but yeah. uh, just all of what he's done, I think he got recognized at MSU for 
just a massive amount of giving from like a straight straight up dollar or sponsorship standpoint and Mm -hmm. anything whenever you see some sort of potluck or fundraiser for someone with cancer it's always got a pub 500 logo on it because he's always giving whether it's gift certificates or cash or whatever i mean fantastic always giving yeah Yeah. it's always fun to run into him yeah so good dude i like that guy wow okay well that's awesome i was going to uh bring up about I wanted to ask you, Casey, the arena we live in now within the art space, right? And not only the art space, but the uh, digital space, the marketing space, the business space, whatever you want to say, but AI, Mm. you know, it's it's an interesting topic coming up so often that everybody's talking about. But how does that, what are your thoughts when you see things progressing more and more into that, that, that space and how does that affect you? Um, how do you think that might affect your, your kind of space and how do you, that's, I guess, question number one, I'm going to play off Wes here with multiple questions, but that's question number one, but how do you combat that? How do you grow from that? How do you pivot to make sure that you're still protecting your, your, uh, your space? I, it's funny because I, I honestly thought of that like three times today. I'm like, I wonder if they're going to ask me about AI art. I, just, I didn't <laughs> it, have that on my list originally. It just came to me five minutes ago. It is a massive thing right now. Um, I'm not a fan, and I'm not not to you know AI. I think is is going to be part of the future, whether we like it or not, as long as they're careful about it. Um, but I think right now it it can't replace what I just did there. Um, it can never do that. And AI art is only it's only replicating what it is given essentially it's taking pieces and, and creating something but it's not creating it from nothing it's creating it from a input. bunch of input um and i don't know if they'll ever be able to you know jump over that hurdle i don't know if they will that's a that's an unknown um i'm not a fan of the intellectual side of it uh, as far as art goes how it's pulling other people's art um and using mm. it essentially i think that's dangerous but i don't i'm not educated enough on it to know exactly how it works okay um you know i don't i don't think it's gonna replace any of us immediately it is on the horizon i know a lot of designers are like we gotta embrace it we gotta embrace it but i look at i try to look at things like that from a really big picture and say how is this going to benefit who's it gonna, how is it going to impact and, and who um <clears throat> and i think the biggest the biggest Positive is it could streamline a lot of things. You know, stock photography, it could generate a lot of stuff quickly. It could generate the image exactly that you need on a whim. I think that's a benefit. You know, it's hard to get a photographer out there. Now that hurts photographers, which mm-hmm. is sad because I think photographers are fantastic and have a lot of good friends that are photographers. Um, I think that the AI-generated, like, illustrations you see and the characters that you kind of see... Um, you know, they're cool. It still doesn't quite get it right always. Um, and it's cool, but you can tell it's AI. And, and a lot of artists call it out right away. And you can tell. Like, maybe most people can't, but usually you can. It's so polished that it doesn't look like it has any soul behind it. Um, and so I think that it's going to be really hard for it to jump that barrier and take over an artist's role, you know, that I can create something live. And, and there's no more fun in watching, you know. You can't right. watch AI do that. It just pops it out. Right. You know. So, so so does it make you nervous, honestly? It does at times. Um, 
you know, it, but uh, then I always think, you know, new things like this have always kind of come out, you know, and come around and ideas like this mm-hmm. and things that can do more and faster. And, uh, and it hasn't changed anything yet. In, in from my own brain, and I think it may last longer than what I'm, what I'm saying, but, you know, during 2020 with the whole, you know, COVID, uh, type shutdowns and stuff, you know, people right. got so in, ingrained in ordering things online, you know, right. food, clothing, whatever. And people embraced it because they had to, or because they thought, wow, wow, this is efficient. That's, that's really cool. But then things changed. It goes back to, um, feeling connection. And I, I know this is might be kind of a hoity toity thing to say, but like, I really do believe deep down inside with our souls and who we are as human beings that people really ultimately crave connection. Oh, yeah. Right. So from coming into J longs and having a personal experience, buying something like a suit for something that's special to having somebody draw you, um, in a special occasion, whether it's a bar mitzvah or it's a birthday party or a whatever. Right there's the connection, you know, you drawing West and I tonight is a connection. It, it's cool. It's, it's a cool environment. It, it's special. And you right. can't get that by doing that or, or by having AI do that online. It, yeah. It's very quick and it, it fits to our personality. Sometimes it's a fast paced environment in right. society, but it, it doesn't feel that fucking good. No, there's you know? no, there's no, it's cool. You're like, Oh, that's great. When it pops it out. Does but it then fulfill you're like, you? But is it fulfilling? And you have some artists saying, Oh, I'm an AI artist. It's like, well, not really. You just put some Isn't props. That kind in. of an oxymoron. You put some props into the thing, and you didn't really create it. You just yeah, had artist. So um, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting future in that realm. Do they have they talked about it at any of the conferences you've been at? No. I haven't heard anything about it yet. Maybe next um, one you're at. Probably. I've heard of other artists saying, "Well, embrace it," and other artists are saying, "Well, there goes our jobs." Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it as a, too from a, like a societal standpoint. It's like do we really want to add something that makes us lazier at this point? You know, <laughs> I mean, you look at the job market and people are trying to hire and, you know, we need workers and it's like, we don't need to make our lives as much as people want it simpler. Like sometimes it's good to have a job and work and purpose and a passion. And if you don't have something to follow and, and, and lead a life and, and grow on and you just have something you can throw things in and it just spits all this stuff out. You know, what, what's life like then, really? You well, know? and I, I agree with that for the most part, but I'll push back a little bit on the front that I think that there's a lot of menial things that AI will do outside of the art space. Yes, absolutely. That thank God for, because yes. there's very few people that enjoy doing those kind of boring, tedious stuff, yes. and we could use those workers in other, vi- in other areas mm-hmm. um, 100%. But when it comes to the art side, I, I, people, when we just purchased the magazine, Connect Business Magazine, people... We have that conversation too. Is is, you know, writing even beyond art, super easy with AI, right? right? You just give it the right prompts, doesn't spit out what you want. You give it a couple of extra prompts, it eventually gets where you want it to be. Right. You cannot, and we've even tested this. You cannot do an original news article story. I mean, it. If you want to do it, you have to just write it. You cannot get AI to actually write it because it's original. It's new. It doesn't, it's not based on inspiration from something else. Right. And so the content with even our magazine, there's no way to replicate it through AI unless you're doing things that are not local and not original. If you want right. to do something generic and just say, hey, here's an industry article and go ahead and copy someone else's industry articles times 
10 and then combine it into one and here we go. That's the only way to use AI from a writing standpoint. And so similarly from an art standpoint, when you're talking about originality, yeah, you can go and have a stock cheeseburger product photography, you know, option that's provided to you, but can you put it in the right setting? Right. Can you actually make it look like exactly the same type of bun or whatever it might be? I mean, right. it, it depends. Is it a custom bun or is it something that everyone else is using too? That's so true. That's true. It just, it really breaks down to, there's going to be opportunities for efficiencies, I think, in the art and in our space as an industry from yep. a, a marketing standpoint. Yep. And that'll be nice in some regards. I think in other spots, it's it's just never going to be able to touch what, the original work is right yeah i think that's spot on like i I did i do think that outside the the realm of art in other industries there's definitely some major benefit medical industry especially uh, being able to instead of a doctor only be able to recall what they know and what they've thought of it can recall all the data from all the experiences that have been put in from all the doctors and say well this is the most likely scenario and this is the best treatment of it i mean there's some really huge benefits to that yeah and saving people's lives so true yeah definitely beneficiation yeah Mm. i know that one of the things that i'm excited about for the future and and i don't know how far this uh you know is off but we've already got robots and robotic machines that mow your grass and you know vacuum your carpet and everything else and i go to the jetsons I think about the Jetsons, and I think about Rosie. Was their name Rosie? Do you remember the Jetsons? So. How old are you, Casey? I'm in my late 30s. Okay. Why are you so hesitant about that? It's okay. No, 38. Or do you have to think about oh, it? Oh, 39. <laughs> I actually have to think about it. I have, I'm not one for... I'm 37, the, so I'm a little bit num- behind you. The number thing, I just, I'm, I'm living. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it changes for everybody. Some people that are 39, I'm like, you're not 39. Some people that are like I 25, I'm like, you're not 20. I would have guessed 35 to 40. That's okay. what I was, I would have guessed. But so right in there, but I think about Rosie from the Jetsons and you know that yeah. she was the, the cleaner, right? Yep. Lady just like puts it in her. And, and I'm like, I'm all about AI and robotics and technology when it comes to that, because I'm not going to lie. Like every once in a while, I don't mind sweeping my floor and getting rid of the crumbs. I have two kids and two cats and it's ridiculous how much shit ends up on the floor. Right. Um, but I would love that. And if, you know, there's a robot, with AI and smart features and everything to do the laundry and some house tasks. I think it'd be really cool. I'm all about those menial tasks that we could spend more time spending with family and, you know, being creative, hopefully in nature and things like that. And they won't Um, take offense having to do it. Yeah. Like yeah, it's your yeah. turn to do the dishes. Yep. Or Great. I always have to I'll do that. Do for you. Great. Do you think I'm yeah. your, you know, this, that, you know, no, I don't. It just happens to be you were going home more this week. So, yeah. um, yep. so I, I, I'm curious how that goes into the future as far as, you know, how that changes things because we've already, again, got, you know, machines that mow your lawn for you and vacuum your carpets with, right. what are they called? The uh, Roombas and the Roombas. You know, all the things. So, yeah. um, but it'll be interesting to see where it is in a decade. Oh, Five right. years, ten years. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the crazy way it, fast. How quickly it changes now. Yeah, how things have evolved. When I think about when I got into the design industry, we didn't mm-hmm. have, we didn't even have a creative Adobe Creative Suite yet. It was all like their own things, and you bought them all. Now it's like a subscription where you get the updates right away, and you don't have to wait, and you don't have to buy the big bulk. I mean, it just it's crazy to think over the past 10, 15 years how quickly it's come around. Sure. So, yeah. Five years, ten years from now, will be crazy. Well, you've won, and I know we keep touching on award 
side of things. But we were talking character pres- characters before. Now we're on the design side. You've won 20-plus awards, I think, on, on design alone, right? Yeah, somewhere in like 26 or 27 National Show us the tattoos. Come on. Design Don't be shy about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should just see their, their TV just room. It's just like up. an entire bookshelf. Full. No, <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about that. First of all, what, like, where do the awards come from? What is it based on? What is some of the work maybe that you can share that you've done to win those awards? Sure, yeah. Um, well, a lot of it, um, all different types of branding. Um, branding, illustration. A lot of it was branding, logos illustrations, some websites I've designed, um, some ad campaigns and that and whatnot. Um, it's all from the SIAA. Uh, that's a or service industry and advertising awards. So it really is focused on the service industry. Um, it's one that Brian felt was a little more meaningful in the award because it actually not only does it look good, but it actually serves a really good purpose and really serves that client well uh, in that industry scope. Um, so... Uh, yeah, I, I liked that approach to it too, you know? Like there's Howe Magazine and there's these other design, you know, which they have great stuff, you know, and it's trendy and it's it's current, but the actual execution and use, people using the stuff we make, um, this was a little more geared towards that. Um, but yeah, a lot of uh, logos, um, GMG is logo, Rear Mankato Growth, mm-hmm. Mankato Marathon, um, there's a lot of them I've done. Uh, I've done a book series for Bolton and Mink, uh, children's books that I've done with Lime Valley. Uh, I started there, and I still continue to do it with them. Um, and that's kind of grown into kind of a big thing for them. Um, that won some awards. So there's quite a few different websites that have been done. Not current ones. I haven't done as many current websites. Um, sure. But a lot of them over the years, for sure. So... No, it's very cool, and it's uh, it's an impressive and nice thing to have on the resume for sure. When you're yeah. able to kind of list all of the different areas too, it's not just right design for design, right? It's it's design across different mediums as yeah. well. Animation, so. illustration, yeah, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff, brochures, no. you name it. Very neat, and it sounds like you had a, a lot of opportunities at Lime Valley to exercise those different uh, strengths or Absolutely. build on them at least. Oh yeah. What can you speak a little bit to, you know, your departure from Lime Valley? It sounds like you were ascending the ladder and then decided to make a move of some sort. Yeah, you know, it was it wasn't a easy decision by any means. Um, it, it is very a tight knit company. You know, um, it's close, it's small. You know, you know everybody really well. And uh, Brian, obviously, like I said, I learned so much uh, from him and the other people at Lime Valley. Uh, that I worked with and uh, it just got to a point where I found myself not being as productive um, not as into and as passionate about the projects always and it wasn't anybody's fault it just kind of evolved to that um, and the character thing came onto my plate and the opportunity to do something that really was at the roots of, of my passion in art um, with illustrating and drawing and make a career out of it. Um, you know, I just, it, it was so enticing. And I always told myself, you know, like my dad was always able to come to my events in track and field and he was always involved. Um, he worked a lot, he was gone, but he was always at the things that mattered, you know, 
and he was able to do that because he was the boss um, and he was self-employed. And so I, I always thought to myself, that's, I want to be able to do that for my kids and I want to be able to be there um, for my family, my kids, my parents, you know, when they need me. Um, so I definitely kind of was like, if I don't take this opportunity, I was kind of on the edge, you know, I was like, I just got to set a date and if this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it. And I, I hit the ground running in 2016, I believe it was. I just reached out to everybody I knew. I'd taken a character course with Tom up in the cities, met a bunch of people. I'd went to one convention already for international, so I was making connections, the character society. And I just started marketing. I just literally reached out everywhere, put my name out there, say I'm doing characters, I'll take gigs. Hooked up at Valley Fair, working with Tom, um, and I said, I'll work, work my butt off. And I, just, I was able to book up enough stuff that summer where I'm, like, doing the math. I'm like, yeah. it'll work. You and launched a solo entrepreneur small business. Yeah, there. and so I, I just went for it. You know, I, was, I, I thought to myself, if I really... I didn't. I don't like to say, you know, I can look back or have an out exit, you know, because it's good to have focus but um you know i do have a design to fall back on and uh and uh, but i was so into this i'm like if i don't do it i don't try it i'm gonna regret it i'm gonna be like what if and so um you know it was a very sad but you know good departure from my valley and it was he understood he mm -hmm. could see that i was struggling to fulfill my role there and i wasn't as into the things i was doing i was still doing the work and i was doing good work but it wasn't you know, I wasn't driving it like I was before. And so that was it. You know, he's like, you know, we're still friends. We still talk. We still, I still do projects with them. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, let's, I'm going to use that as an opportunity to pause for just a second and do a quick plug for the Small Business Development Center because you launched a small business, I Casey. I did. Very small. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the majority of small businesses. Is they're one-person operations, man or woman. So yep. Yep. Uh, the SBDC is a fantastic organization, folks. If you haven't checked it out yet from previous podcasts, be sure to go and look at their website, myminnesotabusiness.org. Check out all of the different services and events and opportunities for education but also just for general consulting services. It's uh, one of the great things about it is it, it is free. Almost none of the events or the actual consulting work that's done by the SBDC is paid. I say that almost because occasionally there is a paid event in there, but we just wrapped up the Behind the Success series with Sarah Richards from Jones Metal Company. Great speaker that came in and talked about all of the things that have grown and evolved their family business. Um, I think we've got another one coming up in the fall with Ted Marty of Shell's Brewery, which is going to be fantastic. So keep your eyes and ears open for that event that's coming up. But in the meantime, if you're thinking about or already have launched your own small business, whether it's between zero, you know, one person, probably not zero, right? One person <laughs> up to 500 folks that will qualify as a small business. So feel free to AI check out yeah, right. what zero. they got going on. Yeah, there you go. Check Computer. out what they 
they got going on as far as services. We've got operational consultants. We've got uh, folks that focus on finance and bookkeeping. We've got folks like myself that are in marketing, although I don't do as much consulting as I used to. Hannah Bretz has really taken on a lot of it. That's from digital to, to traditional. Um, there's just a really wide breadth of consultants there that can help with whatever your small business needs might be. So please check them out. Sign up for services. That's step number one. So go through that registration process and uh, look forward to potentially working with you in the future. Amen. Sweet. You need Pretty places good. like that in, in a small, you know, we're not even that small of a community, but right. in places such as Mankato, you need places like the Small Business Development Center to to step up and give people direction when they don't know what direction to take. Um, I know my wife and um, some some friends of hers that are planning on doing a business. Um, it's still in the de- design phase. Maybe shouldn't even be talking about it, but they have also utilized the services of the SBDC, and I think that's just wonderful um, to have such a cool organization locally to be able to lean on to do that. So. Great, great uh, partnership, sponsorship uh, of the Get Deep Podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, it's excellent. So jumping back to your story, um, when did we get hooked up? Man, I... I was thinking through this before the podcast, and I know that our main connection was Mike, because you worked yes, with Mike, I my men- former business I mentored partner. Mike, yes. Yeah. That was one of the roles I had there, was I mentored uh, interns. Yeah. Anybody that interned there. Um, yeah, Mike was a fine guy. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's probably the biggest connection there because he had me up here a couple times when we were up here sculpting just for fun one night. Yeah. He was carving, I was sculpting. And uh, <clears throat> you're always like, oh, we need to talk. We need to talk. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah. yeah. And I was always <laughs> so busy and he's always so busy. You're always so busy. And uh, um, and then, you know, the timing was almost kind of right on because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I I love my characters and I love doing it, but I need a little something else, and, and I wanted to kind of do some design again. Um, and I, I think I reached out to you, I think, and was like, hey, Wes, you know, if you got any work, you know, let me know. And you're like, happenstance, I actually need <laughs> some help here. Yeah. Um, so, and that's kind of really where it started rolling, and then it really yeah, came into fun roll, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's worked out really well. It's, you know, the model is what the model is. I think most of the listeners have probably heard in past episodes. But yeah. um, when Mike and I were going through our transition, when he wanted to change directions on his end, it was just a, a perfect situation where you were you were just ready to get out of only focusing on caricatures and getting back into design. And I was super lucky to be able to, to partner with you on a few projects early on and continue that growing since then so it's yeah. it's been a fun fun thing to grow yeah for sure <laughs> crossing off over there he's trying to draw he's trying to actually mimic what you were doing earlier but back at you and i don't know if he's going to even get close I'm to drawing, what you're doing casey i'm drawing casey's two wieners right now <laughs> <laughs> frank and peanut uh how old was frank again two two okay peanut was 13 yeah or he is 13 he's a ballpark frank he is a ballpark frank. How do you think we got the name? <laughs> exactly I know. It. You're witty. I love it. I do it again. Did I do that? Or do you, okay. I did that. <laughs> well, unless you got anything else there, Wesley, on your uh, list, I... Let's hit the wind down. You ready for it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, folks, we've reached the last bit of the episode with Casey Christensen. What a great name, by the way. You know, Aaron Jones sounds 
super boring compared to Casey Christensen. CC baby. C-C. Did you ever did you ever run cross country? I did. You do? Yeah, CC. Yeah, I just thought about that, but that <laughs> that hurt. You want to talk about something that hurt as a running background? Cross Ouch. And uh, yeah, distance a distance guy like myself. Um, that's a lot, of that's a lot of training, a lot of miles, a lot of time to think and yeah. realize this 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 hurts. Oh yeah. So at the end of every episode with every guest that's been uh, kind enough to join us on the Get Deep podcast, folks, we have a final uh, questions list. We call it the wind down uh, compliments of our good friends at Chankaska. So wind down, W-I-N-E, go and check out their wine, their spirits, everything else. They're such a great sponsor. Question number one, Casey Christensen, tonight on the Get Deep podcast, state fair. That's what I'm titling as. So you, you've uh, you've obviously been at the Steel County Fair, like we talked about early in the podcast, yep. and been doing that for a while. Yep. It's been a fun adventure for you. Is there any aspirations to get into the state fair and to do that? And if not, why? Um, I'd love to get it if I could. I don't think I would want to do it though. It's a lot of work, and it's very expensive. Um, the guy that's been there has had it for. 20 plus years and uh, he's got his lineup of artists and he's got the prime spots and unless you can get a prime spot so unless he sold that to me for some ridiculous amount of money <laughs> I might take it but I don't know I, 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 I like the solo gig I do hire some other artists to help me out here and there and I kind of like the gig and a little less of the fair sure. um, I like to have that more intimate moment with people and their special events and stuff so cool. I'd probably put it I'd probably let someone else take that on. So. Sure. And you know the guy who does it, right, at the State Fair? I, I know, Is there just one guy who does it? No, uh, one guy that owns the spots. Okay, And then he I hires see. other artists. I see. It. So I've never done it. Um, not my Casey and I have talked extensively about the State Fair model because How not only it? him on the caricature side, but me on the restaurant side. Yeah. It's I been think it'd fun be to play around. So do I with the Chilitos. Similarly, oh I, I don't want to do the work. <laughs> Yeah, you got to staff it. It's a massive. Well, it's crazy. With the volume of business that you do in that short period of time, you have to sprint for hours on end. I mean, there's no stopping. The artists that work those, there's, I know some artists that did it. They do Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin. And then they're done for the year. They they basically work for a two week period, right? I mean, it's two to three weeks. They jump. All kind of. All those fairs are, yeah. So they jump from state fair to state fair to state fair. And I mean, they work insane hours. And, but then, I mean, you make so much that you're done. Yeah. So I, part of that's appealing. But it, it, part of it is. But yeah, yeah. it's I, doing the Otana Fair, like, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I lose a couple pounds that week. Sure, sure, I bet. And I gain a couple pounds when I go to the fair. So what a weird coincidence! Right? <laughs> you lose. I prefer it up. that way. I love going there and just chilling out and eating a ton of food, like mm. a lot, like so many people. Question number two, Casey Christensen. You have two wiener dogs. I do. We talked about that early in the podcast. We just mentioned it before, but you have Peanut, who's yes. thirteen, and you have Frank, who's two. Yeah, I love my. Why wieners. wiener dogs? Where did that, where did that, uh, I don't want to call it obsession, but why wiener dogs? You know, I don't know. Uh, so I've always thought they were funny and being a character artist, it kind of fits, you know? Um, but there was a, there was an artist I, that spoke at one of our by design camps. His name was Aaron Traplin. He's a famous logo artist. 
and he had a wiener dog and he, he just always ranted about its personality and it's how much fun it was to have around and so from there on i'm like i want a wiener dog like he's cool you know and he did all these <laughs> logos for his wiener dog just for fun <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i want a wiener dog and uh if if you're if you're if you're up for it you know a challenging dog get a wiener dog but um th- i mean they're they're hilarious and they're the best cuddlers they will make you fall asleep but wieners really will make you fall asleep they will <laughs> you're right <laughs> Wes said it i didn't say it you heard it here folks <laughs> i was going to ask you about the personality of wiener dogs uh but you basically just said it but oh, like man, they're, they're they're just funny and they're they're lovable are they good with are they good with kids they're good with yeah that uh, depends that depends no probably not okay Um, they're very (laughs) napoleon napoleon complex so like they're you could be like come here they're gonna be like "Mm, nah like they won't you know a little (laughs) standoffish yeah well since you have two you probably i mean how was the wiener dog created i mean there's you know there's crossbreeds yeah they they were crossbred to hunt hunt they're badger hunters so wiener dogs, because they, they dig, because they get down, okay. and they can get down in the hole. And I mean, they're tough. Don't get, don't. That's why wiener dogs. You always see them like, you know, like they have small dog. No, they're actually pretty tough. Like, other than a German Shepherd would smoke one probably, but <laughs> I mean, they'll stand their their ground for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, they would fight badgers, and badgers are nasty, mean. Yeah, yeah. They're mean. And so that's what they were designed for was just to in. get down in that hole and. Pull what's it out. The, what's with the long body? Is it is it because of the hole? I suppose. Yeah, length okay. to get down. And I'm dig. asking you like you're a but geneticist I, and you understand. But how do, what do they breed? Like, what are the, Do you I have any idea? It's a what hound. They, it's technically a hound. Okay, and then so, another dog of some yeah, sort. Or do they just stretch them? I don't know how they got it short. I don't, I don't know how they did the hole. Like easier to get yeah. in the hole. <laughs> right. I mean, they, those wieners. They like getting in those holes. <laughs> Can you tell it's getting laid on the on the get deep podcast? <laughs> We're talking about badger hunting. I, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Not clam I'm sorry. hunting. I'm sorry. <laughs> Keep going, Eric. What's the next question? God, I love this podcast. This is fantastic. You you know when the wiener dog conversation came up, I should have probably assumed that. Oh, I was taking that over to be going to go off the deep end here. I, uh, that's great. We're getting deep. I love it. So, <laughs> uh, well, shout out to Peanut and Frank. Um, again, Casey's uh, wiener dogs. Get some if you want to have. <laughs> I mean, we'll just say get some. All right. <laughs> question Question number three. Um, next step for Casey. So, obviously, you got your business. You're doing what you're doing now. But, like, what, what's, the, what's the future for you? What do you see the future? Five, ten years? Is there something else in the works that you haven't shared with us in the Get Deep podcast? You're like... I'm going to embrace this. I'm going to go this direction, pivot this way, whatever. Can you share anything on that direction? Right. right. Um, well, obviously the character business, um, as any character will attest to, can take its toll. Um, the gigs, the late nights, the travel, uh, the sitting and drawing for hours and then sitting and driving for hours. Like it's, it's tough. Um, the, the passion is usually what keeps them going. Um, I, I would, I, I really, you know, I'm going to stick in the art field. I love it. Um, I'm going to always probably be doing characters. I love doing them. I love, I just had a wedding this weekend, first one of the year. And like, every time I come back to that first one, it's like, I get why I do this, you know? Um, I, I, I love my design work too, though. You know, that kind of was like my 
stepping stone to my success in, in business and in an art career. Um, so I'm going to keep venturing down that hole with Wes. Uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity here at OMG. And I'm going to keep growing the design business, but I'm going to kind of probably niche myself a little more. I want to kind of try to get into a little more focused in certain areas, um, like digital characters. That's becoming a big thing. Um, I'd like to get into that more of a corporate scene uh, for trade shows and stuff. And I'd love to kind of hone in on the wedding uh, scene for wedding and corporate parties scene for the live hand-drawn characters and stuff like that. And I'd like to do more commissions. That's fun. I could sit in my pajamas and <laughs> yeah. uh, wake up and put my wiener dog on my lap. And, yeah, yeah, and, uh, I figured. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, draw in my studio or come up here to the office and draw for a while and hang out with people. So I like doing that too. So that's kind of the idea. I have been thinking about that a lot. Where does life go from here, you know? Kind of had some success in different areas and got a family, you know? Yeah. And uh, I like where I'm at right now, but I'm always about progress. So if you don't have progress, you're going the other way. So, Amen. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Like the ideas. Keep it up. Question number four. Favorite bird and why? I had originally tree, but then you talked about how you were really into birds for a while and you were really into drawing birds and such. So... I personally think birds um, are really unique. I also find them kind of creepy too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially in their dive bombing you and you're mowing your lawn. Right. But I mean, was there a specific bird or uh, whatnot that you just drew and you or, or researched or saw pictures of or whatever that you thought was really beautiful or unique yeah. that you yeah. want to share about and why? I mean, my dad was a tax service. So when it came to birds, I knew a lot about birds <laughs> um, and, uh, and hunting as far as hunting goes, duck hunting was my favorite. So um, yeah, from a, from a, so- I'm going to get a little weird. So from a songbird standpoint, I like indigo buntings. Okay. Uh, the blue is so striking, you know, and it's so, I don't know, there's just something about them that it just was like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and cardinals, obviously loons, you know, I like those two. Uh, from the ducks in that kind of standpoint, I like the um, mergansers. It's called a hooded merganser. Most people will know what that is. Say that one more time. Hooded merganser. 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 Yeah. Okay. Never heard of Anybody it. Anybody hunting will know what I'm talking about. They're really beautiful. They're they're kind of a, they're a diver. I haven't heard about that either. They're di- they're a diving bird. Okay. So they dive for their food and stuff like that, and they have like this cool like crest that's like they're black and there's a big white crest. Oh. And, and they're just beautiful. And I remember seeing pictures of them and seeing them, you know, when I was hunting and stuff. And, and I just was like, that. that's a beautiful bird. That's really cool. So, yeah. Sorry. Got Why are you apologizing? Well, I don't know. I asked you the question. I know. I just got really into the, the nerd. <laughs> that's really that, but that's what I want if you're like, oh, Robin. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Nerd <laughs> like, well, that sucks. Why did I ask that question? Jones, what's your favorite bird? Jesus, I should have expected that from Wesley. Uh, God, I'm not really like a bird person. Uh, again, I find them unique. Um, I'll jump in if you want to think. I, I well, I mean, the only the one that I just find myself there's not a ton of. I, I feel like there's not a ton of birds around here, but maybe I'm just not looking close enough because I don't research enough. It's probably a lot more birds than I think, yeah. but I, I've always enjoyed when the Cardinals come out, you know, and, and whenever that time of the year is, which I think it's about this time of year, maybe a couple months ago, Cardinals never leave. 
They never leave. No, they're okay. But I just catch them. They're red, you know, like obviously. But um, I just they're just catchy because they they stand out, and and maybe I notice them more in the spring when there's not leaves on the tree. Mm -hmm. So they're they're flopping around, and you know you can't see them because they're not hiding in the greenery. Um, But it's just it's a sign to me. I I feel like I notice them more in the spring, and that makes me happy. And I'm like, holy shit, we're getting a nice weather. This is great. So that's that'd be my answer, I guess. What about you, buddy? Oh, I like uh, chicken. <laughs> Chicken's my favorite. Wow, such a deep answer. He loves well, chicken. Th- let's be fair. Turkey's a close second. I mean, <laughs> you know, really protein nice. source. Uh, you know, chickens. Chicken's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like I like chickens too. I think it's a good bird. Very very cute, attractive. People love their chickens. Things like that. Tasty. Question number five is one that we repeat weekly, but I we feel it's important. Um, you know. Life is life is life, mm-hmm. amen. Um, but message from Casey, you know, in the experience you have, the two kids you have, you have a six-year-old uh, boy and an eight-month-old boy, right? Yep. Uh, you've been married for how long? Oh boy, you put me on the spot. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Brittany, I put him on the spot. He knows. He's just gonna make you think that he doesn't. Two thousand eight. So carry the one. Eight two thousand eight. Since 2008. Okay, fantastic. So you've been married for a while. You have two boys. Um, you, you've created a business. You've worked at Lime Valley. You've done a lot of things, ran track, all the things. But I mean, like, message to the people, you know? Like, if you, if tonight was your last night and, and Casey just vanished off this, this, this planet, what would be the message that you would leave with us with all that you've learned? Mm-hmm. Um, take time to really be present be in the moment, you know, living your passions, make sure that is, is in the forefront. Um, everything goes so fast, you know, especially nowadays. And people have gotten tied up in that and, you know, put your phone away for a while, go for a walk, Amen. you know, that's, that's important and you'll feel so much better (laughs) about you every day. So very true. I agree. Disconnecting, right? Disconnecting and, and make sure you're doing what you love. It's it's important, you know. If you can't wake up and say, I love this, you might want to think about that a little bit. Spoken like a true artist. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Casey. Yeah, thanks for having me. We're going to do a little photo before that. You're going to refill your glass because we're not done drinking well, either. But, we got uh, to make sure we hold up. Uh, have him hold that up and we'll take a photo of that to also do that. But um, before we go, folks, again, Casey is super talented. Obviously you saw it. Um, If you're watching the the podcast tonight, you'll see the the awesome uh, picture you drew of Wes and I. But again, Casey, could you remind people where to find you, where to book you, kind of all the the social media stuff and how they they hook you up? Um, Charactersbycasey.com. If you can't spell it, C A R I C A T U R E S <laughs> by KC.com. Um, and uh, I do a lot of Instagram. If you want to see my most current work, I like to put it on Instagram. Uh, so it's at Casey Christensen or Characters by Casey. I got both. So that's where it's all at. And I guess the last question I have is uh, obviously you're a busy guy, you book up quick things um what's kind of like they should be aware of how far to book out if they got something in as soon as you can yeah Um, okay i I book out over a year in advance sometimes so i've got 
2024 gigs already booking right now. Okay. And anything that was happened in the beginning of 2023 is already booking for 2024. And as it, as they come and go, they fill in for the next year. So cool. Let me know. We'll get, get on it folks. Book Casey. He's super talented and we're lucky to have him in this community. Um, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And if you've enjoyed Wes and I being a bunch of idiots here on the Get Deep Podcast, getting to know people's stories, uh, please give us a five-star rating. And if you've got a guest that we just have, you know, maybe haven't added in the show or overlooked um, up to this point, feel free to shoot us a message and we'll sure as heck uh, take that into account as we move forward and, and uh, evoke cool stories on the Get Deep Podcast. Thank you, guys.